Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Grown Men Watch Kids Shit. It's me, TJ, and I'm here with Jordan. Jordan, how you doing? Uh, just blowing in the wind with another new friend. How you Another doing, new man? friend? Another new friend. Today, we welcome Garrett. Garrett, how are you, buddy? You know, living the dream. Right. Start to finish, day to end. Yeah, <laughs> just, 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 just waking up like a Wheaties box, you know what I mean? Um, what does that even mean? I, I need you to up like a Wheaties box. Oh, man, I don't know. I, it, everyone's on everyone on a Wheaties box is just so like happy and running and shit because like they're that. winners. <laughs> yeah, it's because yeah, they're yeah. winners. Yeah. Uh, well, cool, Garrett. You 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 come from uh, birds on my end. Uh, Garrett, you come <laughs> you come from uh, one of our favorite podcasts, uh, the Grave Talk podcast. Uh, you of course are here uh, as a special guest because our uh, entire month of October we're doing a. Uh, horror movies and we yeah ooh, spooky and we figure what better way to commemorate that than than bring some horror heads on so so garrett why don't you do it take take the floor you can talk a little about yourself the podcast you know what is it about the genre that excites you anything man the floor is yours all right all right so as they said i'm garrett from the uh the grave talk podcast um it's a couple of guys who talk about you know different horror movies different horror things you know games books stuff like that uh, I'm kind of the uh, the token uh, wuss, if you will, when it comes to horror movies. I was brought oh. in specifically because I did not actually watch a lot of horror stuff. And um, it, the, the genre for a long time, I, I avoided just because it was just not my thing. It, it freaked me out just way too much. And uh, they thought that'd be hilarious to, to <laughs> expose me to stuff that I don't want to watch. So they did. And um, I found that I actually do have quite a love for the horror genre. Um, it's definitely rooted in more 80s horror than it is you know you know modern horror but uh it's you know i just i kind of it kind of awoken something to me i was like wow you know what there's there's a lot here that i really dig so yeah we've been doing that for almost i want to say almost three years now um so it's it's been a while but yeah we do that um i myself you know have you know grown up just you know watching all things you know horror and also Kids movies. I am a huge fan of kids films. Um, I don't always want to call them kids films, but for the most part, you know, like animated things. Specifically, what we're going to talk about today is stop motion animation. That's like my first love. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, just kind of just doing the whole thing. Nice. It's good. It's good to know, Garrett, that they brought you on the on the podcast because you are a person like myself. I don't know if Jordan has told you, but I'm a baby back bitch. <laughs> I'm terrified of most things, <laughs> and he yeah. he loves that. Uh, he loves mm-hmm. to play that up. Uh, he loves to scare me, and uh, he's like, "You need to watch this horror movie." I was like, "Do I really?" And uh, like I said last week, the thing I love about the Grave Talk podcast is because I feel like I can experience a horror movie without having to watch it. And I'm like, "Great, it's in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. I can know about it. I have it in my in my pop culture lexicon without having to have my heart." beat out of my chest at every sometimes every i wish moment. i could do the same exact thing <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's uh it's interesting to know garrett that, that that you were brought on you know for that sort sort of i guess it, the the intended foil of of the show is you know um because one your you know your your viewpoint and sort of your presence on the show you know speaks to everything but like that's that that's shocking for me to hear and also i've i've met you a couple times like i've seen you in person and I remember when I first saw you. This is after listening to the, to the to the podcast. It's like that dude. He looks like someone like from the womb. Like give me horror, give me blood, give me terror. You know what I mean? Like 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 you like you cut your own umbilical cord with a machete 
You know what I'm I mean? I'm sorry he judged you like that. <laughs> I'm sorry that he's all like judge the book by the cover. No, don't but read the seriously, pages. it's it's yeah, it's it's uh, you just I don't yep. know, and and just hearing it's you on the true, show, it's stuff. true. Yeah, I've, I've got so, a really, I've got a really like kind of like uh, you know, I guess you can call it like, kind of like a, a punk rock aesthetic, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I get that a lot. I get that like, what do you mean you're not into like horror movies? And I'm like, yo, I yeah. I enjoy horror movies, but you know, when you get into the really scary stuff, the stuff that like you know like just really like keeps you up at night. Oh, I cannot handle that. Like I will yeah. sit up at night in my room and just be like, okay, how many lights can I turn on? And at what yes. point will I pass mm-hmm. out? Because that's what's mm-hmm. going to happen here. But, um, you know, it's, it's been interesting though, because it kind of having to, to kind of face that head on has been interesting. You know, mm-hmm. you definitely, you definitely kind of learn to with anything, start to see behind the curtain of some of it. And, um, what used to kind of, you know, I would avoid, now I'm, I'm much more accepting of. Now there is still quite a bit of horror movies that I'm just like, nope, <laughs> no thank you, I'm out. Like yeah. I'll see trailers nowadays, and I'm like, well, I'm never watching that. And of course, you mm-hmm. know, it pops up on the list of, for the grave talk, and I'm like, well, here we go. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's it's been um, it's been quite the experience. It's been really fun working with you know Mark and John. Um, you know, just kind of exploring stuff. You know, it's it's always good to kind of you know push your boundaries a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sure. I sure. mean, I guess, but <laughs> I, I, I watched the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and uh, that's what made me remember to start locking my back door. And ever since then, I haven't had like mm-hmm. I, I actually text Jordan the night I watched that. I don't know if you remember this, Jordan. That night, right after the movie, the power went out in my neighborhood, and I was like, oh. You know what? Fuck this noise. This is this is mm-hmm. literally the worst thing, <laughs> yeah. and my life has never been the same. And that was like close to five, six years ago. Um, so you're still a better man than me because I've been like, that's real cute. I guess I ain't gonna be on that episode. <laughs> Wait, that one's, call that one sick. in particular is a rough movie. I mean, I still mm-hmm. to this day, like when I watch that one, I'm like, I know what's gonna happen, and I'm still like, I, I'll do that thing. I'm. <laughs> 40 years old and I'll do that thing where I put my hands over my eyes and kind of peek yes. through my fingers and mm-hmm. just like, I know I'm going to see a glimpse of it, but if I don't see the whole thing, I'm safe. You know, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't, I don't get it, but you know, that's what, that's what happens. Yeah. Movies, movies never really kind of have that effect, but horror video games do. I think it's oh. something about like playing that experience. You know what I mean? That's like, like Satan being in that. Yeah. I just, and, and, and Garrett, I'm kind of like this, like, like I, I get, I get two major assumptions when people see me. I get people asking me how many years I served in the military, um, which I never have. And I'm quick to be like, no, 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 no. I've never served. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, let's just get that out. And the, and also that like, oh, you must be into some hardcore shit. You know what I mean? So again, I, it's everyone asks how long it takes you to grow the beard. No one asks how is the beard. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, so, so what's behind but, the beard? That's all yeah, we ever want asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I used I'll to think Jordan was like, a racist when I first met him. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do, I do, and 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 you know, hopefully, it didn't take too long for me to to sort of break that, shake uh, that aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I'll do that thing where like if if a game or whatever like, creeps me out and I gotta go get, like drink a water in the middle of the night or something like that, I'm like fucking you know hurrying back to bed and stuff, and it's uh, you know walking on that night. So yeah, no, that 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 that's really interesting. So Garrett, I'm really curious. Um, what is what is your favorite horror franchise? Oh man, that is such a loaded question, um, but a good one. Um, it's you, you want you want to lock it down, but sometimes it just varies week to week. But I would say for the most part, you know, Halloween 
is the franchise that I can get down with the most. Now, we in the middle there, we take a left turn into batshit crazy country, and I, mm-hmm. I can't defend it. I, I want to. I can't defend it, but um, the the first Halloween was pretty much life-changing for me. Like, when I saw that, you know, it, it completely terrified me, but there was something about that film that I was like, oh, okay, I, I want more of this. And then when I saw two, I was, I was hooked. And then from then on, it just kept going. And then the franchise kind of, you know, again, it, it did not hold up as well as I would like it to, but I had a lot of fun with it. But then they did something that I've got to applaud them for because it brought me right back in full force. And I'm not even talking about the, uh, the reboot that they did in uh, 2019 or 2018. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about putting Busta Rhymes in a Halloween movie. That did it for <laughs> yes. me. When I saw Busta Rhymes was in a Halloween movie, I was like, okay, I'm sold. Yeah. Like, whatever you guys got for me, I'm, I'm back on this train. Right. Which one was that? Because I, because I really love Halloween H two O more than I more than I probably should. Mm-hmm. That was wasn't Resurrection the one with Buster Ryan? I think that was Resurrection, which was which was right after H two O, right? Yeah, I think that was a uh, because H two O was kind of the um, the continuation, like kind of like a bookend of like everything that happened up there with Laurie Strode and stuff like that. But um, and and plus, you got to give it up for that um, that new reboot they did. That was. Yeah, I, I, hard to call it a reboot because it really was a continuation of the first movie. But man, that was next mm-hmm. level. It was really good, man. I, I I remember there was that part where there's one scene that really stands out to me. Uh, it's it's actually on Halloween, and it's like where Michael Myers is like you know trolling through the street and just going into random people's houses and just you know doing his thing. Um, I found honestly found the remake and TJ and I have talked about this before. Like there's a lot of like horror, re- well, not a lot, but there, there's some few standout like horror remakes, reboots, reimaginings, whatever you would call them that like sort of do, do, I don't know, are more successful to me than like the originals were. And, and I got to say, man, like watching the, the newer Halloween and then going back and watching the original one, the newer one kind of does it for me a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like that's the one that I, that I, you know, watch more these days, I guess. I've heard a lot of people say that, and I um, let me ask you a question. Did you see the original Halloween before you saw this? Um, let's call it the remake. I did, I did. So, so I saw the original Halloween. I think I can't remember. I was, I was maybe like twelve, thirteen, or something like that. And then, uh, and then I hadn't seen it again until we did uh, Master Pancake. Um, you know, what I'm talking about where like they have those yeah. those people talk like you know, kind of. It's kind of like a mystery science theater. Oh yeah, uh, well familiar. Yeah, and then. Uh, and then yeah, and then and then this new one. So I don't know, man. Horror to me, I, I think it all it all depends on like a, where were you when you first experienced it, you know? So I'm sure like the the original has like a soft spot in people's hearts and things like that. And I get that. But, well, that's uh, what I wonder about is because like I wonder if you if the the reboot would be as scary to people or more you know amplified if they had not seen that original first. Because mm-hmm. I'll I'll fully admit, Michael Myers in the the reboot. Um, is a force like i mean you look at him and like you 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 take pause like you can't help be like okay whatever the hell's going on a block away over there i'm good i'm going the opposite way you know and in the first one you kind of see michael myers you're like what the hell is that you know like Mm -hmm. but i i wonder if that that pre that pre-laid out like concept of what you know myers was kind of helps amplify him in this reboot like knowing that he's gone through all this time and he maybe he's become crazier maybe he's become stronger etc cetera, etc cetera. i wonder if one can work as well without the other and i 
I kind of, you know, I weigh that in my mind and it's, I don't have an answer for it, but that's always an interesting thought because I will admit the Michael Myers from the reboot is way more intimidating just from standing there than I thought yeah. the original one was. But that first movie, again, just that soft spot in my heart. Right. Sure, sure. No, I totally get that. So I always wonder about the fact that since horror has just like evolved since, you know, since it first really got big, I, I wonder how much of it is that us as an audience just have an expectation for worse things to happen on screen. But then I, but then we have a movie like It Follows, right, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. the creepiest thing about it was just having someone walk across a lawn in a scene, right? Um so yeah, I, I I wonder how much like how how far can we push it before it's just like okay, this is just too yeah. much. You yeah. know, I thought the same thing when uh, when Eli Roth films started coming out. When I first saw um, Hostel and things like that, I was like, okay, we may have we may have gone back to that cannibal Holocaust you know type thing where I'm just like, I can't follow this. This is too much for me, and I still kind yeah. of feel that way for a lot of that um, that torture porn horror that they kind of do. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I see in horror that is still like, and I'm glad it does just viscerally makes me upset and like not okay with what I'm seeing because, you know, I, you don't want to become too desensitized to that kind of stuff in my opinion. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting though, because like, you know, to along the same lines of what you said, it's, it really is kind of what gets you because the scariest thing in a movie for me, a horror movie is not watching someone get, you know, butchered or captured or anything like that. It's, um, you know, like in The Exorcist, when you see that face on the back of the door or in The Grudge, yeah. when that face just pops up in the bus window for like a split second, that mm. gets me 30 times more than anything else I've seen in a horror movie. Like that kind of stuff is the scariest thing for me. So I really, I think it is about personal, you know, experience of like what you, what you find the scariest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I refuse to watch Black Swan because about a third of the way through that movie. No, seriously, I was like, everything with the face can move, and that does not sit well with me. I haven't seen it, but I've heard that, and I've avoided it because of that exact Ooh, thing. Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah. I was like, I've seen this movie. I never need to see it again. Okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, it's pretty creepy. And I also like, so whenever, whenever these horror movies, whenever they lean into the gimmick, and I, like, I find an association between like horror and Pixar. Like Pixar, they're a whole shtick for a while. <laughs> Follow me. Their whole stick for a while was like, oh, what if what if toys had feelings? What if bugs had feelings? What if fish had feelings? You know what I'm talking about? And now horror, it's like, hey, what if what if showers were scary? What if bathtubs were scary? What if going to camp? What if fucking going to sleep was scary? It's like putting this 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 scary spin on these everyday things. You just you, know? you just basically read down the entire Final Destination series. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right. What so if everything was scary? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Gary, man, yeah, you, you obviously know your stuff. So, so we're really interested. I mean, because like I say, you know, all all month long we're talking about like family horror movies and stuff like that, and 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 not necessarily, uh, 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 you know, okay, this is a movie that that you know parents can put on for their kids, but like let's say, you know, in in twenty twenty Halloween, even though it's on a Saturday, even though we get extra time, it's arguably gonna not be as cool as it could be because of the pandemic. So we're gonna be a lot of movie marathons and a lot of stuff like that. So what is it that y'all think makes for a good family horror movie like that, like that quintessential stack of flicks that like, OK, I'm going to have, you know, people over. We're going to be doing some kind of, you know, we're going to have this movie, you know, movie movie party or whatever the case may be. Like, what is it that makes a horror movie accessible for everyone in the room? Like, what are some things that we look for? Damn, that's a good question, man. 
TJ, you got anything on that first? Uh, sure. I, I need a yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I, you know, uh, when it comes to when it comes to family horror movies, I think that there has to be a moment of there have to be baked in moments of genuine laughter planned for it. It can't just be like that's funny because the execution was poor, right? Um, because you know the thing that gets. Uh, gets us in horror movies is that they keep ratcheting up that tension. But you know, the last thing you want is your child absolutely terrified to go to sleep at night. So they need those moments of like release in the middle or, you know, of those moments of tension. Um, so that way they can get through it. Right. And you know, uh, as adults, we kind of look at them like that was kind of corny, but like, I'm thinking about our movie last week, uh, goosebumps. There were some mm-hmm. genuinely funny moments in that. And then they're like, okay, great. You've laughed now. Now let's just have you, you know, let's amp the tension up for 10, 15 minutes before we give you another break. I think right. those breaks are absolutely necessary. Yeah. Oh, you get that in like straight up horror too. I think, I think, you know, in horror in general, whether it be, you know, accessible, you know, to older, younger audiences, you, you have to step away. You, you can't be tense 100% of the time because then you just become uncomfortable and don't enjoy yourself. Right. Um, but yeah, how they, how they do that um, is very important. I, I definitely agree with that. I think that there's also something to a, uh, you know, if we call it a family horror movie that has to really kind of, you know, not just empower the, uh, the person, but empower the, the family dynamic. Mm. Uh, and that's, that's not always a, like a, a prerequisite, but I do think that the best, you know, kind of family horror movies have that. They, they kind of bring the family, not just as set pieces, but actual, you know, characters that you you want to see interact or affected by the story in a a positive or negative way and you know when you get that i think it's more rewarding um it's it's hard to think of a lot of examples of that but it doesn't have to be like sappy it doesn't have to be like like oh here's the feel-good moment where everyone hugs but just to a degree where you know everyone's come out on the other side of this thing Mm -hmm. um grown in some form or fashion halloween town yeah Yeah. exactly i like I, I like that a lot, that sort of familial aspect to it. Um, I think it's especially effective whenever uh, uh, the, the, the particular movie like doubles down on the uh, family archetypes, you know, like the doofy dad or like the, you know, um, you know, rebellious, you know, teenage, you know, child, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. And if they I'm going to ask an interesting question then, huh. do we feel like us could be a family horror movie? I mean, it's a horror movie about a family. Um, but I mean, like, you're just, a family. But like, it doubles down on a lot of the stereotypes. Right. But I'm also not trying to show my six year old us. <laughs> I mean, so, uh, yeah. But I mean, like, um, if you had like a 13 year old, would you be like, hey? You know, I feel like in the right context, and that's always, that's always so unique mm-hmm. to the parent and child dynamic of, of each, you know, family. Um, I do feel like there's a certain limitation of what you should be showing your, your younger kids. But um, to a degree, though, in the right context, um, I feel like us, while exceptionally creepy and, and very scary to, to myself when I saw it in the theater, um, I feel like a child would, uh, a, a young kid could be able to watch this, get that same feel out of it, but maybe not hit some of those more intense, scary moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the gore would be a little more intense for them than I'd necessarily be comfortable at first. But I feel like the the film itself does actually hit some of those very deep concepts, like you're saying, like because that family does become a much tighter, much more 
respecting of each other unit mm-hmm. as that, that film progresses. And yeah, that's, that's a great question. Yeah. yeah. And then like the gore, like thinking about the gore in that movie, I can only think of like two moments in that movie where I was like, Oh shit. Right. Um, mm-hmm. The rest of it was just like constant tension. Now I, I will mm-hmm. admit I'm a little biased. I, I saw the first Halloween when I was 10. Uh, I mean, I grew up, I, I saw what Hellraiser when I was like eight. Um, <laughs> so like we were watching set it off at the age of 12. We should not have been watching set it off or dead well, presidents. It, like, yeah. <laughs> so. And it's so different now because I remember like a lot of these, I remember watching like marathons of like nightmare on Elm street on, you know, TNT, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. on cable, you know, or like, you know, convincing, you know, an older, an older friend or like an old, you know, older sister to like, you know, rent these, you know, R rated movies for me and stuff like that at, at the blockbuster. We had a video, Joe, uh, uh but, uh, <laughs> you can't, but you, you can't have on brand. Yeah. Nothing no. Life. And here's what's fucked up. Video Joe, the dude's name was Joe, like the guy who ran it. And people so was called him the clever video name? Joe. No, they, people <laughs> called him video Joe. Motherfucker knew everything about movies. Um, but yeah, well, I would uh, hope so. If you put your own name on the side of a yeah. building, you better, you better be a goddamn encyclopedia. Yeah. It's like, hey, what do you want me to call you, Video Joe? Oh yeah, what's your specialty? Uh, I play guitar. It's like, no man, you need, you need to brush up. Uh, but yeah, um, and 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 with all these streaming services and stuff like that, it's it's the the possibility of like stumbling across, you know what I mean, this stuff, or or going going to a sleepover and having someone like, hey man, you know. I got Hellraiser and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. Like, it's a lot. Well, that's it, how it, it was for me. Yeah. yeah, it was definitely a lot of like, you know, like I saw a lot of stuff that I wasn't supposed to see at the sleepovers or, you know, mm-hmm. the people's house who had HBO and my parents didn't know, um, you know. But even then, we didn't watch anything too crazy. But to that that same moment, you know, like when you think about like us or you think about Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, definitely there is some content in those movies that is designed to kind of hit a more mature audience. But I remember being, you know, a young kid and being terrified of the secret in them or watching Watership Down and watching dogs mm-hmm. like basically rip rabbits apart and going, OK, what the fuck? Like, you know, yeah. like it really depends on the the subject matter. And I mean, I think actually helping put it in context, you know, mm-hmm. watching with the family also does help. You know, like there's also something weird about watching a horror movie with a an adult figure Um that almost is comforting. It's almost mm-hmm. like, you know, when you're scared, you're like, Oh, you're like, you're really scared. There's something about knowing that, that parent figures right there, because in a lot of cases, you know, that's the protector figure. So I don't know that, that helped diffuse a lot of like, you know, like this would be terrifying if I didn't know that my parents not freaking out right now. Right. If they're sitting there cold, chilling, like, huh? You're like, yeah. oh, okay. I should be okay with this. Or they chuckle okay. at something that's like an over the top, like, you know, not super gory, but so over top violence. And like, oh, man, he got it. You know, you're like, okay, this is not, you know, it kind of sets that, that tone and expectation in your brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That, 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 so you being afraid of the secret in them, that makes me, Jordan, what, what movie that was not supposed to be scary were you afraid of? Because for me, it was Fern Gully. Yeah. Okay, that's it. I'm well, out. We're done here. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you saying? I was terrified of that, like of that toxic ooze monster. Oh, Hexes. that thing was so creepy. Milk. Yeah. 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 I was just like, this is not okay. <laughs> yeah, that goes back to the fact that you know, but also you know, 
and this is not a like, well, back in my day, kids' movies were scarier, you know, like it's because there's still stuff like I remember watching box trolls and seeing that that monster, that that giant machine. It was like, holy crap, that's if I was a child right now, I'd be like terrified of this. But um, I think there is something about like the it's the intent less about what you're seeing and more about the intent of whatever Mm -hmm. the the nemesis is of that film. And I think that can be just as scary as a horror movie. I mean, there's horror movies I'll watch and be like, oh yeah, okay, makes sense. You know, like that's, that's kind of intriguing. And then I'll watch like some, some normal movies and I'll be like, okay, I'm stone cold terrified of that character. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I remember um, watching, I was in daycare I have a lot of day, a lot of daycare trauma. Uh, but this was um, watching uh, the witches. You know what I mean? That old, uh, I think it came out in 1990. That Roald Dahl book that was turned into yeah. a movie. Um, and there's that scene where, and I mean, I guess TJ, this is kind of violating you because it, it, I think it was intended to be scary. But I remember like it, it, it fucked me up like for a long time. That scene where like the witches all reveal themselves and stuff. Oh, and that there was, was messed up. Yeah, but the the thing in particular that got me was when you know, so her Grand High Witch is all witched out. You know what I mean? She's got all her you know full regalia and stuff like that, and 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 uh, the the way she looked didn't really scare me, but what scared me was whenever she zapped a witch for like talking shit. You know what I mean? And there's mm. that scene where she's like, you know, she's like, you know, we need to kill all, all the children or something like that. And that one witch is like, we can't possibly wipe, wipe out all of them, you know? And she's like, who spoke, you know? And, and, and she's, she singles her out and that one witch starts blubbering and, you know, can't find words and she gets sapped. And that sort of carried over any movie, whether it be horror or not, where the bad guy killed a, a henchman or like another bad guy that always, that always messed me up for some reason. That, that sheer lack of like, you know, empathy or understanding, yeah, even for yeah. the same side of the, you know, their same side. Yeah. No, that, right. that like Darth Vader. Like, I mean, that's a great, that's why yeah. so many, you know, like it, I was a little bit too young to have, you know, Star Wars be like that impactful. But I remember a lot of like my older friends were like, oh no, when Darth Vader like chokes those dudes and like, you're just mm-hmm. like, that was terrifying mm-hmm. back then. Yeah. And then yeah. that's why, man, like, like the, early on, I realized, man, like there, there's really no type of character scarier than someone who just doesn't give a shit you know um yeah true i would i got scared at the near the end of great mouse detective something mm, about radigan just pu- punching yeah. through something about like hands punching through materials and stuff i'm like the fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> like they, oh yeah when, rat- when you think of a wall you think of a barrier when you think of you know a fence you think of a barrier and when when something just goes through that like papier mache you're just like, okay, screw yeah. it. This dude's <laughs> yeah. this dude's working on a level that I am not prepared for here. Yeah. yeah, and if you look at if you look at Basil's face when that happens, I was like, they have made a cartoon character be absolutely terrified for their life. Like Basil yeah. of Baker Street thinks he's gonna die. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, and, and on that, man, I mean, I think a lot of these old school Disney movies, a lot of them could pass off for like, you know, Black a Cauldron or hundred percent of play. You know what I mean? Like on Halloween, like cause a lot of these villains were pretty were pretty terrifying. Um but yeah, I mean I, I, I agree there there needs to I mean I I think there needs to be humor and sort of levity in just about everything, you know. And I and w- the first time I realized that was when I watched that that first Hulk movie with Eric Bana. And I was like, man, there ain't, there ain't joke one in this thing. This movie sucks. <laughs> you know, but, uh, um, yeah, I think, I think humor is important. I think, I, I, I honestly think 
you know, these movies, you don't want to terrify them. You know what I mean? But like, there needs to be some kind of, some kind of terror, some kind of, I remember with goosebumps, we talked about it last time. I thought the movie did an all right job with the monsters and making them like, for the most part, kind of funny and, and all the interactions kind of goofy and stuff. But I really don't mind it whenever like we're watching a movie as a family. And like, there are some moments where it's like, Oh shit, this is, you know, kind of scary and stuff like, like to a degree, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's, I, I, I think, I think that's okay. And yeah, Garrett, to your point, like as long as, you know, we're all together, it's all right. Well, let me, uh, let me diverge one split second and ask you guys a question because this is a, a movie, uh, two movies that came out recently that for me completely hit me off guard. Um, the mm-hmm. it movies, the new Stephen mm-hmm. King, it movies that just came out. Um, mm-hmm. like I would show, I would let, you know, young teenagers like watch that film like i know that it's mm-hmm. it's got some very scary moments but there's nothing in it that's like super offensive super gory you know it's a lot of i would put it on the same par of what we got in like you know kids movies in the 80s where it was just like holy crap we're actually seeing this like play out um mm-hmm. but that was hailed as like a fantastic horror series and I, I, a series is just two movies but you know like sure would you would you consider that a almost like a family horror or is that strictly designed to be a horror flick that just happened to be accessible for kids? Mm -hmm. The the only thing that I have any sort of reservations about is the beginning of, of part two like that. And, and, and maybe it's because Uh, with the attack on the bridge. Yeah. Like, because I feel like very, yeah, it's, it's not, it felt unstory motivated. It felt like just to be super, to be super shocking for no reason. And I was like, that could, that, you know, based on where a, a child is in their identity and development of their identity, that could really mm-hmm. fuck them up in a big way. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's no, the I only agree. thing that I'd be like, okay, we can skip this. Yeah. That is the, that is the one scene that like, cause if it wasn't for that scene, I would gladly show those movies to like my kids when they're like, you know, 13, 14, 15, you know what I mean? Somewhere around there about the age I was when I was, you know what I mean? Like first, first watching that, that, that kind of stuff. Um, as long as we're, you know, watching it together and stuff. Um, but yeah, that, that, that scene, I think it, it, um, and it's been a minute, uh, you know, since I've, since I've seen it. Cause we, we only watched it once in theaters, but I do remember that scene being really, really uh jarring um and 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 unsettling and that would absolutely warrant like a conversation that i think it's a conversation that needs to be had with with you know what i mean your kids and family but like maybe not by way of that movie you know Um, Uh, yeah i feel i I see exactly what you guys saying because like you know i don't i don't have kids you know i don't really Mm -hmm. i don't often get to think about these things from like um, you know (laughs) get it get it um from like a, a, a kid's parent perspective and um, that, that scene, you're right. It really, I mean, cause I remember in the theater being very uncomfortable with it as an adult and going like, yeah. wow, that just seemed extreme. But um, yeah, I, I, I could see that being, you know, that's weird that that's the most, that's almost the most mm-hmm. like, questionable thing in the, the movie franchise that, you know, kind of comes to our yeah. minds. Yeah. yeah. Cause even like but, the climax of the, of the two movies, like it, n- near the end of it, when it's like final form is revealed and stuff like that, that almost feels more um, like that part felt super arcadey. There's no other way I can put it. Right. It just yeah. felt like so over the top that like any terror of it 
was removed for me. You know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, um, and so for it to be building to that, I was like, oh, okay, great. We've seen worse. But for the worst mm. to feel so disconnected from like the overarching plot is where I was like, mm. I think yeah. you just, I think you just nailed it right there, TJ. Everything that happens in those movies, while completely plausible in a horror movie, um, like feel very disconnected and very like a horror thing would have to happen for these things to happen. But that scene feels so real. Like, like this could just happen. Like we don't mm-hmm. need horror. We don't need to be in a horror movie to see this kind of thing play out, which is extremely sad and upsetting, you know, but maybe that is why it feels so much more. Um, I don't know. I, I felt like a victim in that, that moment. Yeah. Like, like I could not defend myself from, cause like whether you, whether you, you know, see it that way or not, like you feel very helpless in that moment of that film and the rest of it, while you do have things coming at you, you at least feel like, Oh, well that's supernatural Pennywise stuff. Okay. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, arguments between people, but this, wow. Yeah. Okay. We went down a real tangent there, but yeah, no, I I see your point. That's, um, that's interesting to think about. Yeah. And I think it's a worthwhile tangent. I mean, I think, you know, aside again, the, 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 the good thing, I'm not, it's not a good thing, but like the thing with that, with part two is that that's at the very beginning of the movie. So you could theoretically like fast forward through that. Like how many times have, I remember my parents doing that, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, well, we're going to fast forward through this sex scene or fast forward through this part and then, you know, we'll watch it. Um, but I do think it's important for, uh, for, for, and, and TJ and I has actually talked about this. I can't remember the episode and, and Garrett, I'd like to get your, your take on this too. But like, I, th- I think these, these movies, like horror movies, I think are important for like, de- de- like development. Like I really do because like it, 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 you know, introduced us early on to like this idea of like otherness and acceptance by way of these terrifying things. Like not just from the monsters, but like even the, the, you know, the, the, the cast of characters, you know, the, the, the archetypes of characters and all these sorts of other sorts of things. Like, I don't know, man, there's just something about these movies that, that I think strike that chord um, and sort of, you know, serve as not necessarily, I'm not saying you should look to these movies as like, you know, teaching tools or whatever, but they absolutely sort of shed a light on this idea of, of, of acceptance, um, which yeah, is, which is weird, but yeah. They've done that for, uh, as far back as I can remember. Some are better about it than others, of course, but right. you look at the original, um, night of the living dead. That was mm-hmm. the first mm-hmm. time that I think, you know, like, in a, like a, like a horror type movie that, you know. Uh, a, a black character like was the main character like the one who like was the one who called the shots like had his mm-hmm. shit together you know was the one that was like listen to me and we'll be okay and you see how every other character around that uh reacts to that i remember that movie i remember like one of my my i think it was my uncle that like told me i was like no that's really important because at that time this was not a, you know something that was accepted yeah. you know that was not the way people reacted and you look at through horror movies and i think it's because of that that outside force causing us to realize or maybe, you know, kind of view our differences and our prejudices and stuff like that as superficial when you look at Mm -hmm. a real threat, you know, when you see something like that, you know, and then also kind of really having to let people, you know, show you what they're capable of in those moments because you, you have to, you know, you have Mm -hmm. to allow people to, to be the best they can to survive. And, you know, horror movies have always been pretty good about that. Um, And that's, that's really, it's not something we think a lot about, but I think the, you go to like the horror conventions, like, you know, you've, you've got the widest variety of types of people, you know, from all different walks of life. And they're all there because they just share this love of this genre that, you know, there's no, there's no hostility. There's no animosity. Everyone's just like, yo, we're here for the you know, for this love of what we do. And 
Right. I think that I think that bleeds across, you know, the genre. I think it bleeds across a lot of fandoms. I mean, there's def- definitely a lot of toxicity in certain fandoms, but I think, you know, horror in general is just this kind of like we're all here to have a good time with this crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and I think that they're getting smart like the thing that I liked Paranorman a lot. I loved that movie actually. But the best thing about it was at the very end when um, the sister asked the guy, he's like, "Oh no, this is my boyfriend, right?" It was like y'all just went an hour and you know an hour and forty minutes without bringing up this 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 guy's uh, sexual orientation, and he just dropped it in at the end. And you're like, "Oh yeah," because guess what? People can do anything. Like it was just like this. Well, because nice it little... wasn't important. It wasn't right. You know that doesn't matter about how you interact with this character. And it's just like, oh, by the way, now that I'm getting to know you, okay, that's an interesting piece of fact. You know that I now know about you, but it doesn't change a damn thing about how you feel about this character now because you've gotten to know them as a person and not based off their. Uh, I don't know if the words traits or you know personality or whatever like that. You know. Yeah, which I I mean, even in kid stuff that that work really hard on representation and, uh, you know, diversity in that way or stuff like that. There's always this 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 um, this preconception to put that foot forward first. You know what I mean? To be like, let you know this character's different. Now look at all the things they can do after we've pointed out the difference. And uh, I think that horror doesn't do that because they're like we don't care about that right now because there's something bigger out there and y'all just have to figure it out right or the 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 flip side of that in horrors when they do make a big point about that and then the movie just kind of is like who gives a shit anyway moving on like they're like right. they make a big point about like this like oh this person's specifically like this and you're just like okay how does that help us anyway moving on you know like and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of cool because it doesn't like you know it doesn't let it define the person the 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 scene and the actions to find the person that's that's always there's always something bigger out there which is exactly great yeah well cool um yeah so uh i guess that's any any more any who's ready to get your eyeballs ripped out and have some fun and sewn in (laughs) oh boy here we go dj drop my Every oh time, my. every time oh you scare She be grinding up on you, don't she? She be grinding up on you <laughs> in that beat hit. Don't lie. Yeah, don't answer that. We're just going to say time. yes and let the audience yeah. assume. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> All right. Who's uh, ready? Well, we got to be now. So that's, yeah. that's true. You don't have a choice. Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Coraline is one hour and 40 minutes long. This was the longest stop motion film till what movie surpassed it? A. Isle of Dogs, B, Kubo and the Two Strings, or C, Frankenweenie. Oh, um, now do we all answer this, or is it just like just oh, Jordan? Yeah. Okay, just, okay, just me. But if if I if I get it wrong, anyone can answer it for no points, just bragging rights. Okay, um, all right. Which are, just for the glory. Uh, shit. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say. Man, as much as I want to say Owl Dogs, I think it's Kubo and the Two Strings. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, it is. It is. That's correct. TJ. Mm-hmm. We all know to look for razor blades in our apples after trick-or-treating, but how oh, many children Jesus. have actually been seriously injured or killed from tampered Halloween treats? Is it A, 10, B, none, or C, 15? 
Okay, so this feels like a trick question because I know there was a guy who tried to kill his own kids by tampering with Halloween candy and at least Good two God. kids. Yeah, I listened to too many murder podcasts. There's at least yeah. two kids that were injured there. I don't think it's as high as 15. I'm going to go with 10. And it is none. What? And no, that's yeah. incorrect. The dude. Strangers. Repla- the- oh, by strangers, like trick-or-treating though. candy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But the dude, so the dude replaced his son's pixie sticks with like poison. Yeah, 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 and that's okay, what it, that's right. what it is. It's all this fear about it. But what they find is that there's, the kids are either getting sick from stuff other than the candy, or it's like their parents. Yep, yeah. and the razor Someone, blade things a miss. Someone did eat uh, get a razor blade mouth thing, but it was not because of the candy. You learn something new yeah. every day. So they're like, I already had this razor blade in my mouth before. I took a bite <laughs> of that. I don't know. There was uh, someone tweeted about a Fox News. Fox News is like, careful, you know, uh, your kids people are handing out like weed gummies, you know, oh street God, treat, yeah. and someone was like, no one is going to be handing out <laughs> weed gummies for free. Like, <laughs> Garrett, according to Wikipedia, what is the highest grossing stop motion animated film? Is it a Coraline B the nightmare before Christmas or C chicken run? Oh, that's uh it's definitely Coraline. It is Chicken oh. Run at one hundred and six really? million, almost one hundred and seven. What did Nightmare get? Nightmare. Oh, you know, I didn't write down the number oh, for that one, but it was third. Coraline yeah. was second at seventy-five million. Wow. Coraline was the highest one for a long time. Wow, I didn't even know about Chicken. Was it Chicken Run? Yeah, mm-hmm. Chicken Run just came and ran her right the fuck oh, over. Man. <laughs> Done. It's time for us to get revenge. Well, let's yeah, rise right. up. Right. Yeah. Jordan. Yeah. Wow. Other Mother is a real monster, not unlike Pamela Voorhees. They used a real <laughs> sleepaway camp. Continue, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. This, is, this feels like a fucking SAT question. They used a real sleepaway camp to create Camp Crystal Lake, the famous site for Pamela's murder spree. What state is the real camp that they used located in? Oh, fuck. Is it A, New York? B, Massachusetts, or C, New Jersey? Massachusetts. New Jersey. Mm. I forget the name of the camp, but I definitely read it. It was like a bunch of just fucking sounds. That's what the camp is called. (laughs) I mean, all words are sounds, but I'm not going to hold that against you. Camp sounds. I thought she was going to segue us into talking about sleepaway camp, and I was like, here we go. Let's get yeah. it on, people. <laughs> no, but, you know, maybe. Maybe later on in the quiz. We'll, yeah. we'll just have to find out. Hey, where are your parents, where are your parents sending you camp sounds? What <laughs> <laughs> kind of bullshit-ass video Joe runs it? Sounds. Whatever Christian Catholic church Tecca camp. Boca. Texas Catholic boys camp. I guess they're all just... Sounds. Yeah. Yes, camp that's sounds. what yes. are words other than sounds? That's true. Okay, okay, fine. Fair, fair. TJ. Mm-hmm. To create the world of Coraline, the creators used a lot of uncommon objects for everyday parts of the film. What did they use for the grass? Is it A, fake fur, B, grass clippings, or C, astroturf? You know what sucks? I watched a behind the scenes today. <laughs> And I actually fell asleep during this part. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, uh, okay. I know that's the uh, 
fake fur, grass, or astroturf. Um, Those are your options, correct. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with astroturf. <laughs> fake fur. Wow. Okay. Well, or like a ridiculous yeah. number of yards. Uh, or maybe they put it in square feet. Anyway, I read a lot of random things when writing these mm-hmm. questions for you guys. I keep getting the questions not related to the movie. <laughs> yeah, well, Garrett. Okay. Oof, talk about complicated family dynamics <laughs> and children getting into trouble. And John Carpenter's Halloween, Michael Myers kills his sister and really derails his life. How long did filming take on the independent classic? Is it A, 20 days, B, 60 days, or C, 30 days? Oh, wow. Um, I legit thought she wasn't going to give you multiple choice. <laughs> she was going to be like, like answer it, you son of a bitch. I'm like, oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to say 30 days? It, it was 20 20 oh, days. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They really wrapped it up tight and uh, wrapped it up. I appreciate that all my Coraline knowledge is basically completely on yeah, par really- here. <laughs> 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 all the ones about fake fur and all stuff. I'm like, I know these. I know all these. Yeah. And it's all like, so Halloween and sleepaway camp. Yeah. And I'm like, I suck. <laughs> camp you sounds- never know. You never yeah. know what you're going to get. So, uh, as I like it. Let's y'all go. know. John got yeah. some goose questions last week. Actually, did John get a goose question? I can't. He got a goose question. TJ got a goose question, too. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So right now, uh, Jordy's in the lead with one. <laughs> We've got an all the Mavis's question, and this is another Price is Right rules closest without going over. Garrett, just so you know, hopefully Jordan goes first, because Jordan plays these games like a bitch, okay? <laughs> okay, here we go. You know... <laughs> what is what is this thing in my chest works, sir? <laughs> All right, crew. Did you know you can calculate the depth of the well when Coraline drops the pebble in it? Closest without going over in feet. How deep is the well? And uh, guests first. Garrett, you go. Oh God! I thought we were gonna let Jordan go because he uh, <laughs> he rigs he the system. He went first last week, I think. Yeah, he did. He went first last week. Oh man! Um, the, hap- the, ha- the thing is, two episodes ago, we did a Pokemon episode, and Jordan was like, "I'm going to go one above you," and I was like, "How dare you?" Yeah. Oh, he, he did the one. He did the one dollar thing. He did the one dollar over thing. Hey, someone tells oh, me price right rules. I don't ask questions. In feet. In feet. Oh shit! I I remember hearing about this. Um, I think it's like three. Three. I'm gonna go three seventy nine. Okay. Okay. Three hundred seventy nine. George, I'll come to you next. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two eighty five. And TJ. I'm actually gonna split the difference with three fifteen. All right, Garrett takes it. It was three hundred and eighty one feet. Oh damn. Oh wow. hold on. Hold on. Shh. Everyone, with everyone. The vengeance Shh. with all Shh. the Mavises. All right. Suck it. There we go. All right. <laughs> and he's done. He fucking sides <laughs> off. <laughs> Honestly, like so the thing is is like I I it, when it comes to Leica Studios or anything stop motion, I devour the extras as if my life depended on it. And I remember it was like like over 350 feet or something like that. So I was like, I'm just going to shoot a little higher, but 
Nice. Well, good job. Your life did depend yeah. on it, and uh, we will let you live. Now, do me and Jordan have to fight to the death on this now? Yeah. We're yeah. All the Mavises. They sw- they, so if, if she has an all the Mavis questions, that means, like, this is winner takes all. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. so it's my podcast won. now. Got it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so so now we'll sign off, and then you so, can just tell everybody. You will about. get a cartoon logo of yourself within the month. <laughs> DJ, we should do that one time. Not tell them. We should just we should just be like, all right, Garrett, you won. So now you're doing the podcast, and we should just click out. It's just like ten minutes of me silent, like I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> and then we come back on. Ah, we Everybody's got you. Everybody's gone. Yeah. <laughs> all right, y'all. I got some buttons to sew. Peace out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right Ooh, that was well, intense yeah dude that was that, that was that was fun um the adrenaline's cool. pumping yeah right? right uh well let's well, we're uh, gonna put a pause in that adrenaline as we go get our beverages <laughs> yeah okay yeah so we're gonna go we're gonna go get our drinks uh listeners we encourage you to do the same unless you are driving um <laughs> you know yeah see you Jordan, jordan's all about like you know not drinking and driving and shit. No, that's good, that's man. Fun. Don't don't risk it, man. Yeah, Not worth do it. it. Don't do it. I get it, man, because you're you're driving you're driving your your Buick or whatever, and you're like, man, I really want to have a good time like they are right now. But it's like, hey, you know what? Maybe hit pause and then go home. Take the I've, bus. Drink on the bus yeah. like the rest of us. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know you know what I did today? Today I took I took a walk and I got uh, one of those still water those steel water bottles that you can't see through and filled it up with white claw. And I just took a walk. We're gonna start wow. taking walks right. together, man. You get it. Yeah. You see, yeah. hey, cowboy yeah. Kool-Aid, drink cowboy Kool-Aid. <laughs> you take a Gatorade bottle, you drink it down to the bottom of the of the lightning bolt on top, and then you fill that up with vodka again. When when you drink White Claw as you're walking, do you, is it then a W H A L K? Is that how you spell it, or would it be like a Walk Claw? This is where we take our break. Okay, this is this is where <laughs> we'll be back as Jordan. Hurts Tony, his cut brain. his mic. Cut his uh, mic, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be back. All right, hey y'all, watch for real. That's gonna be something. And we are back, everyone. Welcome mm-hmm. back. Garrett, thank you so much for showing back up. Like, Jordan is contractually obligated because, mm-hmm. you know, his his face is in the logo. But you could have just gone away and not come back. Yeah. You know. Look, I've got yeah. nowhere else to go. I live at this podcast <laughs> now, okay? Forward my mail. <laughs> yeah. That's right. You won. Therefore, you yeah. have I'm the you are king of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is no longer grown men watch kid shit. It's Garrett watches kid shit. We're just and we, we don't, change you don't have to change an acronym. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Well, cool. What are, you, what, are y'all, what are y'all sipping on, fellas? Garrett, what you drinking? You know, in honor of the movie we're dealing with today, you know, I like to get my hands dirty. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking a mudslide. Oh, oh! <laughs> he Look, said, he themed he it said, out. That's, little little that's Kahlua, cool. like little that. vodka. Little I actually use vanilla vodka, which I know oh, a lot of people oh. think is you know unacceptable. Mm-hmm. But you put a little hint of vanilla in that mudslide, smooth. Hey, man, put your finger out. out. Fuck them, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Pinkies up, drinks down. Let's <laughs> <Yeah>. do it. <laughs> All right. Awesome, TJ. What do you got? I am drinking another uh, Prairie Brewing Company uh, uh, sour called No Way Froze. Okay. And that has mm. its uh, lime zest, strawberry, mm-hmm. and pineapple puree, and a hint nice. of juniper, oh, nice. which Ooh. I don't know what that tastes like. I'm just like, cool. Mm. It ain't mm. gin, which gin right. is not my friend. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, I what you drinking, drinking with your larceny? 
Jordan. Well, it ain't Larceny, but I have uh, – I'm drinking a fourth tap. I'm drinking actually their House of Torment pumpkin ale mm-hmm. um, in honor of, of the season uh, and in, in memory of, of, of haunted houses because they're not a thing. Wait, who, whose pumpkin ale is that? Uh, it's fourth tap, but it's uh, okay. House of House of Torment. Um, okay. uh, haunted houses here in uh, in Austin. They they both of those there. are local, aren't they? The fourth tap yeah, and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's 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 a pretty solid pumpkin ale. Um, you know, a lot of pumpkin ale tastes like a it tastes like a Garden Ridge pottery. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> but Jesus but I mean, shit. I associate Garden Ridge with uh, with Halloween. And then I got my one finger of uh, uh, my favorite bourbon uh, in honor of our special guest. I only use this. I only drink this bourbon on special occasions. And, and, and Garrett, you're a pretty special occasion man. So oh, thank you. This is my uh, wild turkey uh, Long Branch. So. I'm raising my glass. It's raising toast to I don't being here talking about this movie, and uh, let's get get after it. I'm just really. Uh, can I say that every once in a while, you say something really country, and it what? floods my basement. <laughs> is that right? Is that right? <laughs> you just should have said one finger. I was like, Ooh, so I, man, that's just the way. Yeah, I, you know. Okay. Listen to him sound like Matthew McConaughey for a second. <laughs> no, you better calm right. down. Look, we got a movie to get through. Let's get to yeah, let's Texas get to, Twain to talk about a Texas beer. Yeah, That's all I'm saying, right? Yeah, let's get let's let's get to shitting and getting now. Come on, let's. let's, let's <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Garrett, you are. I'm a little intimidated because you are absolutely the expert on this movie, and I I just saw this movie for the first time at six o'clock this morning. So, okay, let me let me ask you right now. What did you think uh, about mm. the movie? About the movie, like your first mm. time. I anytime I, you know, it's it, there's times in my life I wish I could unhear an album or unsee a movie and then see it again for the first time at this point in my life. And so when I hear people like see certain things, I'm just like, oh, what did you think? Well, you will find out what I think at the end of the episode. Oh, I'm so oh, oh okay. to see what I did there. Oh, yeah, look at that yeah, foreshadowing. Trying to build anticipation. He's like, I don't care if you won that trivia, kid. You're gonna be this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but, but what I mean by that is, if at any point in time I get the order of events wrong, mm-hmm. Gary, you you just oh, yank yeah. this steering wheel Absolutely. out my hand. They'd be like, No, no, bro, that ain't it. Absolutely. All right, I got you. Yeah, so, 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 TJ, you know, first time seeing the movie. Me, this is the first time I've seen the movie the whole way through. Um, at least that I remember, uh, there, I, there was, a, <laughs> I do, I, I do remember one thing and I do remember that, uh, uh, this girl that I was with at the time, she, she, we, we bought this movie together on DVD and then we, we, I remember watching like half of it and then we broke up mm-hmm. and she's like, I'm taking my movies. And so I never saw the second half. So this was essentially my first, and I hadn't seen any of it since that time. So I guess we can probably throw me in the same category, CJ. But but you, Garrett, this is whenever whenever we were talking about doing this stuff with y'all, talking about the movies, like you you jumped at the chance to 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 to, to do this one. So what is it about this movie that just that that does it for you? So this this movie um, just hits in a special way for me that like. So when I was um, when I was a kid, you know, I've always done art. You know, I do you know art projects pretty regularly. Mm. Stop motion animation has that's like my first love. Like that's the first thing I saw like art wise. Like you know, I love comics to death, but like stop motion animation is like I will never not be enthralled and completely in love with stop motion animation. So when I first mm. saw you know like stuff like you know like Night Before Christmas and things like that you know the old Popeye stop motion animation stuff they did you know like mm. all that stuff was just amazing 
So I was like, right. okay, cool. Let's check this out. Nightmare hit. I was sold. And the thing is, is like, I was one of those nerdy kids that like would, would read the credits. I wanted to know who did this. I wanted to know everything about them. And so, right. you know, when you have everyone here is like, oh, Tim Burton did Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, oh no, Henry Selleck directed Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, anything that man touched, I was on board for, um, with the, with the unfortunate disappointment that was Monkey Bone. But anyway, that aside. Um, <laughs> oh, he did that movie too? Yeah. And that, unfortunately, that was just a cursed film that so much could have gone amazingly right. And it just didn't hit right for me. Um, but no, when I heard that, you know, he was branching out and doing some other stuff, I was just like, I'm in. And then when I heard about Leica Studios coming, you know, becoming a thing and developing this movie, I was, I kind of went in sight unseen. I knew a little bit about it, but I didn't want to know a single thing because I wanted to go see it. And this was the first um, stop motion film that was being filmed fully in 3D. So Mm -hmm. I was also like, oh, wow, brand new. You know, 3D movies weren't really a huge thing in the theater at that point. And um, I've got a little bit of a love-hate relationship with that aspect of it. But no, um, I was on board. And then when I went and saw this film, the, the animation was insanely next level like things that you know in nightmare and you know other things you just didn't get the detail and some of the like the complex like sets and scenes that you have in this that you did in others so um it just hit and plus you know you got they might be giants mixed in so because it was originally supposed to be a musical with uh with 10 songs by the might be giants and they kind of cut those out there's only one that only two that made the cut one in the credits song yeah, the Coraline song and then the one in the credits. Um, right. But uh, this is based off a Neil Gaiman book, and I had never read the book before this. Mm-hmm. But after that, um, just to see what, what Selleck did by he actually wrote and directed this, you know, um, based off the Neil Gaiman book. Um, it just, I don't know. It's so mm-hmm. hard to, to put into words, like, how I feel about these films. And everything subsequently since then that, like, has kind of touched has yeah. just been, for lack of a better word, a work of art. Right. Yeah, no, I remember um, uh, I, I really loved uh, James and the Giant Peach. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. his, his style is really cool. And uh, he has he has that new one with uh, Key and Peele, doesn't he? I uh, heard they're working on something, but I haven't actually seen anything on it yet. Wendell in the Wild? Yeah, there it is. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. It's actually written by, I think, I think Jordan Peele and Keegan-Michael Key and, some other, and Henry Selleck, I think, are, are writing that in Selleck's story. Yeah, it's their but, next um, comedy they're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, would you say Garrett? Will, what's up? Uh, I was going to say I will say this that this uh, I, I watch a. I, I'm kind of with you, Garrett. Where if it's stop motion, I'm all about it. Although I haven't seen a Nightmare Before Christmas before, which is on our list of things to do before we close out this season. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but the uh, the thing about this was at some point in time in this movie, um, I don't know if it was because of like my new TV or something like that. The animation is so smooth. I was like, there's no fucking way. There's not at least 90% of this done by computer. Like it felt so, you know what I mean? Like it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it absolutely. Cause I mean, and, and think about this, like um, just some, some nerdy tidbits. Like uh, they had like over 23 different Coraline dolls. Uh, figures that they used to animate this movie and um each one i think they said there was like over like 230 or 230,000 different facial expressions that you could make based off all the ones they printed out and you could use um 
like 20 different dolls. They took like eight to nine months a piece, or I'm sorry, like four to five months a piece to make each mm-hmm. one. Um, the So when you see that, like, you know, this cannot be not assisted by, you know, computers. There's a little bit of stuff where they like, you know, edit out um, strings and things. But no, that's all by hand. And that's what's so astounding about this. Mm-hmm. I still yeah. want to know how they did the deleting of the world sequence, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Anyways. No, it's- so, so would you say, Garrett, that like being someone kind of back to what you're saying at the at, you know earlier on in the episode, like being someone who you know uh, uh, you know not really a big fan of, of 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 horror to begin with. I mean, obviously being a fan of it now, but like does does the fact that you know this sort of does sort of check those 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 you know sort of work of art boxes for you? Does did it make this movie and other movies like subsequent like horror stop motion movies are those kind of more your palette? than than some of these other things that maybe I'll talk about? Um, you know, I, I, I view them as, as different things. Um, mm. It's hard for me to lump something like Coraline or Paranorman into the horror genre that we talk about on the podcast because mm. the stuff we talk about on the podcast, you know, we, we delve into some, you know, horror comedy here and there. Um, we do some some movies that are a little more accessible, but <laughs> we tend to to hit the the, the deeper part of that genre. Uh, sure. the, the more, I don't want to say hardcore, but the more well-known, the more accepted of this is horror. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we don't really, we don't mix too much of, you know, this kind of film with that. But that being said, this movie is 100% a scary kids film. Because, um, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, when I went and saw it, you know, like, I was like, okay, this is going to be, you know, quirky. It's going to have a lot of imagination. And then we got into some some weeds with some characters and I was like, Holy crap! This this takes me back to when I was terrified of that giant mouse mon or that giant cat monster they made in American Tale. You know, like mm-hmm. when you know that that ooze is coming up to you know attack you know the rats and secret in them. You know, like I was legitimately like, wow, I am scared for these characters, and that it really does have such a, a creepy horror element to it. But it is so accessible as a kids film as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and let's talk about that film. Uh, first, let's talk about the cast. Dakota Fanning coming through. Yeah. Dakota Fanning. Yes. Terry Hatcher. Uh, Jennifer Sauters. Keith David. John Hodgman. Robert Bailey Jr. I hope all cats sound like Keith David. I want everyone to sound like Keith David. That yeah, man, right. you know, special <laughs> nod out to Keith David, wherever yeah. you are. Keep yeah. it going, man. Everything yeah. you touch turns to gold. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, the, the cast was like really great. And I think that was the other thing. I didn't expect the, um, I didn't expect the cast to be what it was. Um, because again, I knew nothing about this movie. And so I was like, oh, they, they like went all out. Okay, mm-hmm. great. It's kind of like whenever I see like, um, that um, Tina Fey is doing a Miyazaki film. I'm like, all right, Tina, I see you. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting but, thing about the cast, though, um, you know, John Hodgman did the voice of the uh, the dad and the other dad, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, um, was definitely a hit to me because my, my girlfriend has a weird crush. I, I want to call it a weird obsessionable crush on John Hodgman. So I was hearing his voice and I was like, oh, boy, here we go. We've got to deal with this. <laughs> But um, did you guys notice, though, that when they sing the Coraline song, that's actually John Linnell from They Might Be Giants. They actually used his voice during the song 
um, because they were so similar. Yeah. Really? I, and he, I love so They Might Be Giants. So that's, I, I, I was like, when you said that this was a Might Be Giants, like they were going to write the music for mm-hmm. the music, a musical version of this. I was like, yeah, I, I get hints of that. Um, Robot Parade is still the jam. Um, oh, yeah. Great, <laughs> uh, great, great, great. So uh, this movie opens with a really kind of great cold opening with this mysterious hand of sewing needles turning this doll, taking this doll apart and turning it inside out mm-hmm. and then filling it with sand to make another doll, which I was like, what the? This, at this moment, I was like, this is, this is not for kids. <laughs> From the jump. I was like, this is actually terrifying. Because I, I guess the other thing is I'm always looking for like symbolism and stuff like this. I'm like, so are they telling me that they are like just taking, turning someone inside out to become someone else? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Maybe I got too much in my head. Um, but yeah, so we see this doll that looks just like Coraline with buttons for eyes float off into outer space, which, okay, cool. Uh, but then we see this moving truck pull up to this place called the Pink Palace Apartments, which is this apartment that's separated uh, on three different levels. Uh, and then we see Coraline come out of the, the, uh, of the ground level. And she goes and she finds a dousing rod because she's trying to find a secret well, right? Yeah, yeah. That's she's happened. definitely trying yeah. to find that well. Now, I don't know if they ever mentioned how she knew about that well, but she seems to know about it. I had questions. I was like, she just moved there. And she's like, there's supposed to be a well around here. Who are you talking to? <laughs> maybe maybe it was in the brochure. <laughs> <laughs> there's a well nearby. You'll never find it unless you take a stick and then point it at but, um, right. you know, it's it's one of those things where uh, I actually instantly fell in love with Coraline because as a kid, I used to try to find sticks that look like dowsing rods and see if they worked. But, of course, they don't because it's wood. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this science like, nugget brought to you by TJ. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is just wood. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I always would find sticks and I was like, they're swords. Like I always, I, I never, I never had the, the dousing rod in mind. Well, you're I was, violent. Now I feel really <laughs> nerdy because when we used to find sticks, I was always Gandalf. I was all like, okay, oh, time right? to cast some spells. Yeah, we could have made like well, a nice I, little fellowship, you know? Garrett with oh, his spells and me with my fighting skills and TJ dousing shit. You know, <laughs> no, me just being like, guys, it's wood. Yeah. It's wood. Like, wood. <laughs> it's like, hey, there's some enemies coming. What are we going to do? I don't know, but there's a well here. <laughs> Hydration's key, fellas. Yeah. Drink yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as she's looking for this well, she she ends up standing in the middle of this ring of uh, mushrooms, which the first thing I thought was fairies. She's in a fairy circle. Right. Um but that's not that's not what happened. But so actually, this, that is um, that is actually is a nod to that. That is a Neil Gaiman nod to um, the the fairy circles. How they're also they're considered good luck and also bad luck. So you're you're technically right about that. Hey, hmm. nice. look at him reaffirming my existence. No. <laughs> so good luck and, and then, bad uh, luck. Yeah, I mean, because that's what I mean, because that's what the I think that the the two ladies downstairs they keep arguing between like, good and bad luck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, and then at the top of the hill there comes this. Uh, this was the first moment when I was like, oh, this is actually going to be kind of scary because uh, there's this character. His name is Wyborn, but he doesn't show his face at first. He's wearing this like creepy ass mask, 
that has like a skull painted on it with like Sam Fisher eye eye yeah. gear. That mask on it. was legit. Uh, I love that thing. Yeah, it's like a welder's mask with like yeah. you know interchangeable like Sam Fisher eyes on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it it definitely when that first pops up, you're just like, okay, what have I gotten myself into here? Right, right. Um, but then you find out that he's a kid with like a hunchback. I don't like what what's up with his posture. <laughs> Like, he just looks like the kid who was born with the head too big. And, like, you know, when they nodded off to sleep, he just actually just stayed in that mm-hmm. position. No one caught him. Well, as a kid who was born with a head too big, that's exactly what my posture was when I was about that age. Really? So, so I didn't have... No, nah, I mean, I did have a big old head, but no, nah, I didn't. didn't like that. See, I took that, as, um, I took that as him kind of, like, always being, like, you know, like... You know how you kind of hunch over when you're kind of demurring? You know, like, he doesn't have the... Because, con- you know, he's always fiddling with his hands. It looks like he's always kind of hunched over, like... Right. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have the confidence to be himself in front of people. Because mm-hmm. um, at the end, he kind of starts standing up straight and, like, you know, looks a little more normal. But I don't know if that's... um If that was intended or if that just kind of, like, happened the way it did. Yeah. Right. No, I, 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 I think I, so. I, I was like, he, either that or he got beat a lot. Like, one of the two. Because he was afraid of his grandma, who is mm-hmm. who is uh, Coraline's landlady. Yeah. And he says something, um, basically like, "Hey," he calls her a water witch, which I was like, first off, rude. You don't know me. Second off, <laughs> um, and then he says like, "Oh, I'm surprised you live in that house. My grandma never rents to families with kids," which mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay, cool." And then he's like, "Oh yeah, you're actually standing on the well. Here's the well. See, look, now you can go away now." <laughs> uh, and she does. She goes back to the uh, to her to the house uh oh he also tells her that this that she's been touching poison oak which is important um uh after that she goes into the house and she tries to tell her mom like about her adventure and her mom's like that's great honey shut up basically um and then she goes she's like i want to go outside she's like no she goes to talk to her dad uh who is they're making a gardening brochure catalog catalog which i was like how do you how how does one make a gardening mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you asked, TJ. So this is what you start. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't I know. I got that excited was really for a weird, second. <laughs> that was a really weird choice in the movie. But um, this actually, this moment, though, um, goes a long way to kind of what we talked about earlier in this episode of like, how um, in a, a family, you know, horror kind of comedy, you know, a family horror movie, um, the family dynamics really important. In this family dynamic, it is right out the gate set the expectation that the parents are completely disconnected and checked out to her Mm -hmm. existence. And I don't know, like I, I was a latchkey kid, you know, my mom was always like on top of it, you know, she cared, you know, nonstop, but like, you know, it was a lot of like by myself time, this Mm -hmm. hit home. Like this was definitely like, wow, like she really is kind of an, doing her own thing independent because her parents are, and you can tell she wants that attention, but she's just not getting mm-hmm. it. Right. Right. What her dad says, like when she goes to, to see her dad and she's swinging on the door, the way kids do when they're like, just, just talk to me for five minutes. Um, mm-hmm. And then when he's like, go count the windows, go count how many doors are in the house. Just let me work. I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Um, but, but then she goes and she does that and she finds, uh, and she starts counting everything, and she realizes that the house is, like, super old and weird. And then she finds this door in the wall, right? This is when she finds the door, right? Yeah. Uh, she's like, Mom, there's this weird door. 
her mom's she's like can you open it for me her mom's like if i open it for you you have to leave me alone which again rude uh and she takes the key she it's this key that has a button on top of it uh and she opens up the door and there's a brick wall and she's like that's weird um and she starts asking her mom questions about it she says i told you if i open the door you have to leave me alone and she's like all right fine uh and so Coraline then goes to bed. She has a picture of her best friends next to her. And she's like, hey, guys, like, don't forget me. Basically talking to the photo. Uh, but when she wakes up the next day, there's a package at the door. Is, is this when the package is at the door? Or is it, or does she meet the neighbors first? It's, there's, uh, well, she wakes I, up no. and goes to breakfast. Because doesn't the mom give her the thing? Like, say, like, your friend left us at the front door or something yeah, like that? That's yeah. right. That's right. Okay. Oh yeah, and she has the disgusting dinner, um, right? I, and she so she meets the neighbor upstairs. Uh, no, then that's right. The mouse comes that night. The mouse comes mm-hmm. that night, uh, that first night. And there's a, a mouse that that wakes her up uh, after she's found this doll that looks just like her, uh, and it leads them leads her to a door, to that door uh, that had the brick wall behind it. And as she opens the door, this uh, passageway of like purple and blue and like red lights expands. And this is the moment when I was like, Oh, they've taken the stop motion animation and they've said, Hey, not everything has to be done frame by frame. We can create tiny sets that can expand and it can be caught in real time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I thought that really that was, I thought that was so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like seeing, seeing them do that. And I was like, it's so smart because that speeds up production. Like they're like, oh, how can we do this moment twice and and still have have the same effect? Um, but yeah, she crawls through this tunnel and she comes out and she's in an exact replica of her home, except for everything is pristine, everything's shiny. Uh, she smells good food. Uh, she goes into the kitchen where there's her mother, but she's standing there with buttons for eyes. And this is the moment. You know what, Jordan? It reminded me of the de- of the Detective Pikachu moment with uh with Ditto. With the Ditto eyes, they have, yeah, yeah, with them Ditto eyes. I was like, these button eyes, no, nah, I, yeah, I don't because they yeah. can't blink. I don't fuck with <laughs> fucked up eyes, man. Like like the like these button eyes. The what's what's that dude with the eyes in his hands and Pan's Labyrinth? Um, Ditto. I don't know the name of it, but yeah, that thing's crazy. Yeah. Any anytime you fuck with eyes, like I'm I'm out. You know, I don't. Yeah, messed up eyes are are not. <laughs> not fun yeah and and so she is uh but she sat down uh to a dinner with her other mom she says oh i'm not your mother i'm your other mother uh and then she's like go get your dad and then this is the this is the scene where other dad is like oh we've been waiting for you we're so happy that you're here and he mm-hmm. sings the Coraline song right yeah she's yeah. like oh that's so cute if only uh, her dad actually loved her in this way. Right. Uh, <laughs> also, if this if, makes if, abandonment look real bad. Yeah. Right. If uh, if I can, I also want want to want to point like how how bright everything is in this in this world, and so like that that shift in color tone there, I, th- I thought was 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 pretty well done because I guess I guess so so Sally like he Selick's done this before. I guess what Nightmare Before Christmas we have Halloween Town and then Christmas Town. Right, mm-hmm. James and the Giant Peach. We have like everything outside of the peach and everything inside of the peach. Was the inside of the peach like a lot brighter in, in that movie? I can't remember. Uh, it appeared brighter. Um, 
you know, because of the the orange. But yes, it was better yeah, right. lit. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah, no, because um, there's it's very overcast, very gray, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. that's a a thing he does. Because like in the the um, the non other world in this movie. Uh, you don't ever see the skies clear. It's always raining, overcast, mm-hmm. gray, and it's not until the very end of the movie do you actually see the skies not overcast. And you know, to right. your point, uh, when we go to the other world, it is lit up. Like, uh, imagine a fantasy Las Vegas, but with like a garden and a a home because mm-hmm. everything's so bright, everything's so fluorescent. But if you notice, it's never daytime in the other world. It's always nighttime over there. Mm. You're right. Huh. He's all about that juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, th- I thought I thought I thought that was really cool. Uh, yeah, it's it's a gorgeous. It's an absolute gorgeous like um, setting. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, she eats the meal and she's like, she's super <clears throat> happy because she's like, I have this other mom, and you know, she takes care of me the way I wish my mom would, and she goes to sleep, and she but she wakes up back at home and she's pissed off that she's waking up at home. Uh, and then she tells her parents, hey, there was this great thing that happened. And her parents are like, you're full of shit. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> your, your parents are like, mm-hmm, that's real cute. Now shut the fuck up. Yeah. Um, and she's upset. So she goes outside and she stumbles upon these packages of cheese that belong to her, her neighbor, Mr. B, who's all like, oh, yes, I run a circus full of mice, uh, but they're not ready yet. Uh, and so, uh, thank you for my cheese samples, but please go away. Um, and so she goes back downstairs and then he's like, oh, by the way, my mice tell me that you're in trouble. So this is when I actually started questioning, like, okay, but how do the mice know she's in trouble? Like what's, what's happening here? Who's telling her, like, who's telling the mice? But then we find out Mm -hmm. who was telling the mice. Um, but I was like, okay, that's weird. Uh, but th- this also continues the uh, theme of everyone's getting her name wrong in uh, in the movie. They keep calling right. her Caroline, mm-hmm. Star Coraline, which I actually thought was interesting, considering the fact that this is a movie that deals with parallel worlds. Uh, and there's one where they, where the real world, uh, where her identity should be tied to, uh, continuously says her name wrong until the end. And I was like, I see you. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Um, but yeah, and, and then there's this, uh, she goes back to the real world. No, she goes back to the other world after this incident, right? Or does she meet, I, this is where I get confused. I can't remember if she meets the, the two ladies downstairs right after this, or she goes to the other world first. I think she goes to, um, I think she meets the ladies because after, because um, I think the mom tells her like, hey, you know, go, go meet the, the two actresses downstairs. They'd love to meet you. Oh, yeah, because you're bored. Go talk to them. Right? Yeah, yeah, and then she goes and checks the mail, and that's when she sees the, the, missed, uh, the, um, the, the missorted mail for um, the uh, Sergey, Sergey up, upstairs. So she runs into him first, and then I think she goes downstairs and meets the, uh, the two actresses. Mm-hmm. Which the two actresses were actually uh, my favorite, Miss Spink and Miss Forcible. Oh, they uh, were great. Uh, uh, they reminded me, I was like, first off, I was like, are these like two like lovers who, who, who used to like be together, and now they're just old women who are like, yeah, we had a thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's but actually, I, was, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought about that, but I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah, there, yeah, there was definitely then, something there, and they have those those dogs. Like I love the the stuffed dogs. 
I hated that. You I did? hated that. So they have these three little Boston Terriers uh, or, or, or Scotties, my my bad. But then like behind them is like all these stuffed Scotties uh, with angel wings. Uh, and I was like, this is terrible. It reminds me of your stuffed duck, Jordan. I was like, this is nonsense. Yeah. I have some, I have, uh, Garrett, I have this like irrational discomfort with taxidermied animals. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I mean, hey. You know, like, I, I always find taxidermy animals um, interesting. Like, you know, there's a part of me that's, like, always like, oh, I can get up close and kind of look at these these animals. But there's this weird, like, after, like, a, a minute or two, I'm always like, do something. Like, like the, the, the <laughs> dead motionless, I'm just kind of like, all right, do something now. Like, it's so yeah. weird. Like, when I go to museums, I'm always like, okay, this is fine and great. Move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just yeah. the stillness bothers me, too. Right. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think any anyone who grew up with like a hunter or a fisher in the house and like just it was, we just had that shit all over, you know. Yeah, so that's pretty never, common down here, yeah, especially. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's not like I didn't grow up around it. it I still hate it. Like, oh, really? this terrible. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. But yeah, so she meets them and they have really old candy, and they said, "Hey, we're gonna read your tea leaves," uh, and one says, "Oh, you're in danger." The other one's like. Oh no, there's a giraffe in your future, which, was, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but you know, looking back on it, I realized, oh, it's all about it's about them speaking about perspective, uh, which I also thought was interesting. Um, but then she goes back into the world that night, and then she's having breakfast for dinner. Uh, uh, oh wait, before that, she has found out that the doll came from YB, mm-hmm. and YB's like, look what my grandma had, right? Um, so he took the doll from uh, YB's grandma. You're right. YB took the doll from his grandma and gave it to Coraline. Um, uh, but now all of a sudden this doll is like, it's sitting by her bed, but you actually see it less and less in frame, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, so she goes back to the um, to the other world the following night. Uh, but this time she gets to see Mr. B's mouse circus. Um uh, with her and the other YB, because other YB shows up uh, at, to be her friend, but other YB doesn't talk because other mothers like we know you like YB, but you also we also know that you think he talks too much. And this was the first sign I was like, why is Coraline not waking up to the fact that that's really fucked up? Yeah, because she's like, so I know you didn't, I know you had a problem with him talking, so I sewed his mouth shut, and then yeah. Coraline's like, okay, cool, yeah, this this works out. I'm getting everything I want here, and I'm just like, um. Hold mm-hmm. up, red flag. Yeah, and then like moving forward, whenever she encounters the real YB, she's like, "Oh, the one who talks." It's like, what the fuck, man? Like that's <laughs> that's this that's just YB. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so uh, they go to the mouse circus. The mouse circus is fun. All this other stuff. Mm-hmm. She goes back to sleep. She wakes up back in, at home. She tries to tell her parents about the mouse circus. Her parents are like, "That's great. We're going to go sell our garden catalog." To, again, I was like, who are they selling this to? Who, like, I'm confused. But also, there's something about their relationship, the the the, the mother and the father's relationship here, that I was all like, this woman is so bitter. She's so bitter. Because what? He says, I really hope they'll love our catalog. And she says, they'll like my chapters anyway. First off, mm. you need to pump all the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> Second off, well, didn't you say that you edited the pages? 
did she say that in the scene? She before? did. So, she is. Yep. She is yep. his editor. So at the end mm-hmm. of the day, this falls on her. So the attitude is kind of completely unwarranted. Yeah, I was just mm-hmm. like, you need to, you need to appreciate the fact that a y'all are able to work together, and b it's on you if they suck. Yep. I was, I just wanted to say something. I was like, mm 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 couldn't be me. The parents have a really interesting dynamic in that way because they do work together, but you can tell that the move out to this location, um, they say it's because of the accident. The mom had had hit a car or hit a truck, and so she's wearing a neck brace, the the regular mother. Um, And the father is, you can clearly tell he's just beat down with having to do this. And um, you, you get hints that they used to love gardening. They... They used to have a, a much more, it seemed like a much more uh, loving, um, interacting family. And over the course of whatever events that we're not completely privy to, they've all just been worn down. And you mm-hmm. get that through every interaction. But yeah, when the mom's like, you know, like, they won't like your stuff, but they'll like mine. It's like, wait a minute, you're responsible for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, she couldn't be, I couldn't be with her. I tell her about myself real quick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> so well, uh but yeah so uh Coraline she um she gets dropped off back at home right cuz mom she drops them off she gets dropped off back at home and then Coraline's like you know what since they don't love me I'm going to go back to the real uh, going to go back to the other world in the middle right. of the day and this is when I was all like don't do it because like the second that you pull the thing that's supposed to be out at night into the daytime there's no stopping it because mm-hmm. that's the devil at work. And, he, <laughs> so, and so she wishes for it. She opens the door. It's, it's, uh, it's daytime over there. And this time she goes back and she sees the black cat in the other world too. And the black cat's all like, hey, um, you shouldn't be here. Uh, this is bad. And Coraline's okay, whatever, cat. Like, chill the fuck out. Uh, and he's like, all right, you don't listen to nobody. That's cool. Um but she goes downstairs and she sees uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Spink and Forcible put on this like big show. This, well, like, right big... before that, let me let me jump in here real quick because there's, there's one scene that's kind of important. Um, right before that is um, when she first meets the cat, voiced by Keith David, um, in the other world. Like she's like, "Oh, you know, you're the other version of that cat," and then he's like, "No, I'm not." You know, he talks, which the other mm-hmm. cat doesn't, and she's like how do I know you're not an imposter? And he, he makes a reference to her earlier calling the cat a wuss puss. And so she's like, Oh shit, that's a real, that's the same cat. So this cat says that he's been coming between these worlds for a long time, which gave mm-hmm. me the indication that maybe he had been um, privy to the other children that have gone missing or whatever, but I'm not positive about that, but he attacks um, one of the, he attacks a mouse and yeah. one of um, one of Sergey's dancing, you know, circus mice, and she's like, "What are you doing? You can't attack that mouse!" And he like shakes it, and it becomes a rat filled with sand. And mm-hmm. the cat kind of like, you know, like what you see is not always what you get. Like what you what you're perceiving right now may have a veneer of like perfection, but there's there's something like rotten underneath it. So. Yeah. That's the first moment that Coraline really has this of like, okay, this may not be, but she completely dismisses it right away with the, uh, the, the happy veneer of going to see this next show. Yeah. yeah. And like, if I, if I were in her shoes at this particular point, I would have been like, okay, I'm fucking out. Like I'm done. You know, like yeah. <laughs> if you didn't feel that way before, um, yeah. 
I totally forgot that there was so before the before the mouse circus, there was this moment where her her other dad, her other father, has made this giant garden that looks like her for her. Yeah, right. And she's like, "Oh, this is what gardening's supposed to be, right?" So, uh, so she has the garden, she has the the mouse circus, and now she's going to go see this like opera by the two actresses, uh, which uh, I thought was actually. It's, I think this is actually my favorite scene in the, at least my favorite happy scene in the entire movie. Uh, just because I like that, even though this was supposed to be like a veneer of happiness or whatever, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Spink and Mrs. Forcible still like hated each other, like love hated mm-hmm. each other. And they still argued and they still didn't like cooperate. Um, so I thought that that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, at the end of the show, she's like super excited. She's like, oh man, I saw this fantastic show. Um and she goes, she tries to go back to sleep. Is this, oh, she tries to go back to sleep and she tries to tell her parents mm-hmm. uh, what happened the next day. But then her parents are, is this when her parents are missing? I think her parents, yeah, her parents yeah. go missing. Yeah. Well, then af- she, after the ahead. show, isn't this where like other mothers like, hey, you want to stay here forever? Like, oh, that's right. We got to, we got to sew these buttons on your eyes, kid. Like. Isn't, yeah. isn't that after the after yeah, the show? Yeah, she says, you yeah. could have this always if you just decide to stay here. And, you know, normally the buttons are black, but you can change the buttons to whatever color you mm-hmm. want. And then this is when Coraline's like, oh, yeah, no, Cat was right. I need to GTFO. Right. And she's like, if I go to sleep, I'll wake up in the other world. She goes mm-hmm. to sleep. She's still uh, in the messed up, way too happy place. Mm-hmm. And then she, like, sneaks back through the door um, with the help of... Uh, YB helps her get out, uh, and then the uh, uh, the fake YB. The because uh, what happens is um, before she gets offered the ability to put her eyes like put buttons on her eyes, um, YB is walking her back to the door, and YB is you know in the real world kind of like a I don't want to say depressed, but he's got a very kind of like calm you know kind of almost sad demeanor to him. Mm-hmm. Um, in this world, he seems to be much more upbeat and much more uplifting. But when she, when Coraline gets dropped off and goes inside, and this is right before she gets offered the eyes, um, the mom looks back. The other mother looks back and sees that YB is f- like frowning, like he's super sad. And then she like scowls at him and tells him that's not acceptable here, and to turn that frown upside down more or less. And then that's the last we see of him. And then after you know, like you said. She gets offered the ability to stay there, put her eye button eyes on. And she's like, hell no, you know, and then, you know, YB tries to help her out. Uh, YB shows up and YB's mouth has been sewn into a smile, which yeah. is so really creepy. Yeah. yeah, it's so weird. And she undoes it. And she's like, that's better. And that's when YB helps her get back to the the real world at that point. Right. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, so she gets back to the, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was gonna, isn't it around here where like other mother, doesn't she like, Where's the point where Coraline gets thrown in the mirror? Isn't it? Isn't it around here? Or is that later? Yes. It. Oh, she wakes up. Oh, that's right. She wakes up. She's still in the other world. She goes downstairs and she's like, "I don't want to be here anymore. I want to be with my. I want to be with my family." And other mother's like, "Nope, no can do," mm-hmm. and throws her in the mirror. And that's when we find out that there are three ghost children in this house. So we're like, "Oh, yeah, uh, that button thing. That's what we did, and now we're dead because mm-hmm. she ate our lives." and that's what they said that's what that's what that's what she did ate their lives that's so fucked up 
this movie is chocked full of like real quick lines like that where it's like, oh yeah, my grandma doesn't rent to people with kids. She had a twin sister, went missing. Anyway, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. oh, we totally took the deal. We fucking like got our like lives eaten. Anyway, you just like slow down. Like these are bombshells that keep getting dropped. But th- what's so yeah. great about it is they drop these like insane concepts. And the movie just keeps on going. It's like, dude, you're either on the bus or you're off. Like, you know, stick with us here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of that bus, this is the this is the moment where I was like, because the movie's trying to ramp up towards that big climax, the three ghost kids say like, oh, the only way that we can become normal again is if you get our eyes, which right. I was like, I, I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> and then I was and like, you don't oh, know. Like, you really don't know at that point. Yeah, but she's just like, okay, I'll do it. Uh, and, and then YB's all like, oh, hey. Uh, uh, other YB's like, okay, you need to GTFO. He helps mm-hmm. He helps her escape. She gets to the real world. She's trying to tell her parents like, hey, this place is all sorts of messed up. Her parents are nowhere to be found. They are, they, they're, they're missing. The car is there. The dad won't answer his cell phone, which... Uh, there's there's like a bag of um groceries on the um on the table but they're rotting it's like she's i was wondering like how long has she been gone right all these things um because like time time seems to like weirdly flux in this place um but then she uh but then she uh finds the real yb and she's like bro this is what's happening. There's another world behind this wall, and real YB's like, "Yo, you crazy though? Like, don't, don't even." And she's oh, like, "There's this this doll that is delivery." On us. Yeah, that delivery when YB's like, "Yeah, I gotta go. I hear someone calling me. No one's calling mm-hmm. him." Like, you know, he's like, "I've I've seen people react like that in real life where they're just like, okay, I need to get away from this person.'" And yeah. I was like, "That delivery, that that uh, voice actor did such a great job of delivering those lines." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I thought that was really great, and. uh the other thing is she was like, yeah, that doll you gave me, it's spying on me. And he's like, okay, that's cool. Uh, for real, though, you really need to stop. But then the cat finds the doll underneath her parents' bed, and the doll looks like her dad. And yep. then she was like, and then she's like, oh, shit, she got my parents now. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, where are my parents? And the cat's like, I can show you exactly where the parents are. But he doesn't talk because he's in the real world. And he shows her this mirror that has her parents and the parents see her and they write, help me, which it was really cool that they wrote it backwards. Right. Um, and she smashes the mirror as if that's going to help anything. Um, <laughs> I was like, if anything, you killed your parents just now. Um, but then she's like, what do I do? And the cat's like, you know, she's like, I got to go back and get them. I have to go back. Uh, and so she goes back and halfway through the tunnel, she takes the cat with her and halfway through the tunnel, the cat can start talking. And he's like, Oh, hey, just know that this is not going to be easy. And the only thing you can do is challenge her to a game because she likes games and she'll never say no. And you're like, okay, cool. She go, she shows up. She goes straight for the, she goes straight for it. She's like, yo, other mother, I want my parents back. And by this time, other mother has transformed into like this long gated, like spider woman thing. Um, yeah, that's actually really interesting because um, the hands... At the very beginning, the uh, the needle hands that you're describing um, have a very like spider leg kind of quality to it. And every time we go back to this other world, the mother's outfit 
slowly morphs into a more arachnid type thing. Like the first time she shows up, very homely, just looking like her normal mom, you know, except for the button eyes. The second time she shows up, she's in this nice like polka dot black and white dress. But if you notice in the black back of the dress, um, right above her, you know, her butt is this red black widow like um like little uh not symbol but you know like the design mm-hmm. that's on the, the red black on the black, red on the black widows mm-hmm. that's on the back of her dress and then when she goes back this time yeah she's got like she's got like two different like you know her her top part and her bottom part look like carapaces almost it's still in a dress but like yeah she's very mm-hmm. she's becoming very insect like and her hands are becoming like elongated with like little spider like leg fingers it's so so yeah. messed up yeah, you know, I didn't notice the, the dress in the set. Oh, that's so genius. That's so genius. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. notice she also only eats the bugs. She never eats the food that the, the dad and uh, Coraline are eating. You're the right. only she thing she ever eats are those bugs. bugs. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, snap. Creepy. Oh, snap. Creepy woman. Yes, yes. Uh, and so, like, Coraline's like, hey, I want my parents back. And she's like, that's cute that that's what you want. And she's like, I'll, I'll play a game for you. Uh, uh, for him, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to find all the eyeballs of all the children, and I'm going to find my parents, and then you have to let us go. Uh, and I was like, "Why did she say yes?" But no, the Spider Woman. She was like, "Yeah." Other mothers like, "Yeah, absolutely, that's fine," because you're not going to do it. Um, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Coraline has a secret weapon because she went to the two actresses downstairs and she told them what was happening. And at first, it seemed like they didn't believe her. But this is also where I was like, why are these two women just like okay with her being like, oh, yeah, there's this other universe where my parents are probably disappeared too. Um, but they they take this old taffy, which I wondered why there were dates. Garrett, can you tell me why there were dates on the, on the, on the, on the taffy? Because I'm so curious. Don't know why there was dates on the taffy. Um, I I'd never really uh, noticed that until this watching, and I was like, "Huh, that's interesting." But no, the I never noticed I that before. Of, only thing I could think of is maybe that's when the first kid went missing. Went missing. Uh, you know, I, that's you know, if I had canon this, I would probably you know think that maybe you know each one of those is related to that. Or, um, but again, how would how would the um, well? I guess they were there at the apartment. They would know. They would hear about kids going missing. So yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they, they, they take this candy and they grind it down and they make her this little like triangle that looks like it's made out of jade. Uh, and they say, take it with you. You know, it'll help. Um, and so she goes outside and she starts looking. And uh, the spider woman says, I have hidden the eyes in plain sight in the three wonders I have created for you. Uh, and she's like, what the, what the fuck does that mean? And she's like, can't tell you. Bye. Uh, <laughs> and she goes to the garden that uh, other father was in. And she's like, I don't know what this thing does. So she puts a little jade triangle to her eye and everything turns black and white, which I thought was super cool. Which means yeah. that they made those sets in color and in black and white, probably. Well, actually, Maybe. they they probably just um they probably just put a filter on that. Honestly, what? with there was like I think there was like this was the the most sets um ever made for a stop motion film, um and I think it's like um God, hold on, I I remember this. Um, I think it's like, give me a second. I don't know if you guys do any editing on this, or you just play it exactly as it is. I can edit. Yes. Yeah. Okay. This. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, there is, um, it's like, there's like 52 different sets and it spanned, or like, you know, 200 something different sets and it spanned over like 52, like, you know, sound studios or something like that. I, I, I might be mixing those numbers up, it might be 52 sets, but it's the, the most they've ever done. And it, 
it took up like so much space to do all this. So they probably just did a filter over it because building multiples of those sets, um, damn near impossible. I think it took them like, uh, they said it was like 80, like 8,000 hours because the, the, the trees is a uh, popcorn painted pink and the kernels are painted red. And they did that for the leaves on the trees and stuff like that. Mm. And they said it took them like 8,000 hours to paint all the popcorn to do that. So I doubt they did two sets. True. True. Yeah, because the, the the thing about this is, you know, most of it is obviously stop animation, but there are some moments here within this movie that I was like, they had to have gone computer generated in this moment. They had to have, like, specifically, like, there's a moment earlier on when Coraline is trying to walk away from the house, but mm-hmm. everything turns into like digital, like 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 lines and threads and stuff like that, and then it goes all white, and then it comes flooding back in, right? Um, mm-hmm. I was like, they had to have gone digital on that well that's the first time they've ever done that in a stop-motion animation film a transition like that before and um i i don't know the exact numbers but it was like this insane amount of time to make it happen they're like it took like all these hours and all this effort and all these like different pieces and it was like six seconds of film (laughs) so so they so so that wasn't computer generated that was stop motion as well I, I think there's, I mean, the thing is what they do is they film these um, in practical and then they, they go and then digitally kind of manipulate what they need to, removing strings. Um, right. Even when the little mouse ghosts are floating around, if you wait till the end of the credits of this movie, they actually show the, um, the physical pieces of um, cardboard and stuff they use to, to make the mouse ghosts float around in the air. And then yeah. they just put effects on those. So even the, what like, the wispy ghost effects, the fire in the uh, fireplace is just spinning little plastic pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, on the transition itself, I would imagine there was a bit of manipulation from, um, you know, post uh, digital tweaking. But I think a lot of that was them like pulling this stuff apart and like the part where it floats up in the air. I think they actually animated that stuff going in the air. Now the white aspect of it, I'm sure that was all digital, but right. um, if you look close, a lot of that looks like practical effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it blows my mind then because I was just like, "There's no way. There's absolutely no way." <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was tangentized. But um, that's not a real word; it's a word now. I Edgar Allan Poe it. <laughs> um, and so yeah, so she so at first she's all like, "Okay," uh, she she sees the world in black and white, except for she sees a glint of color, and uh, uh, other fathers in the garden like, "I don't want to do this to you. I don't want to do this to you." Uh, he's kind of attacking her, but then he 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 has this giant mechanical like prey mantis looking machine. Um, and as the machine starts to sink, he's just like, here, take it, <laughs> take the eye. Yeah. And it is, it is like the gear shift for the, for the machine. So the eyeballs have been made into like items in this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second place she goes is, Oh, but the second she takes the eyeball, everything around her turns gray and brittle and broken, which would mean that they probably had to make that set gray and brittle and broken so they, yeah i they think they did make that more. part yeah i'd be so mad <laughs> i gotta make four of these yeah. well they i know the numbers say it took them two years of pre-production basically making all the stuff they need and then it was 18 months of shooting so wow. and and like it, i know it's like eight thousand hours to paint the popcorn uh with like i think it was like 25 different people but if you think about that every little thing was made and that's mm. they uh one of the imdb trivias i know says that they had someone um sew sweaters 
for the yeah. uh, the puppets in the other world with um, needles that were almost hair thin. I was like, "Fuck that!" I was like, "I don't, I don't even know how y'all even got to this point." I'm gonna but send you. I'm gonna send you the video. I saw that. I saw her do that this morning. I saw her. Talk oh, really? About it. Yeah. Nice. And she was like, she's like, as far as I know, I'm the only one who makes conceptual uh, sweaters uh, or knits at this at this size. And I was like, yeah. And she showed the details. Like, there's no way. You're absolutely insane, woman. What uh, happens to a person to make them go, you know what I'm going to do? Pick the most difficult way to do yeah, this right. thing, and I'm going to crush it. I'm just going to straight crush it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be the only one who does this. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, and but that's, yeah, why, so she gets that's to, why we watch our credits. Kids. That is why we watch our credits. Um, and, but yeah, So she gets the first eye. The second one, she goes down to the actress's uh, uh, theater where all – so they had this – they ha- all the dogs that they had in the audience during their show have actually become bats, dog bats, mm-hmm. which I was like, that's not cool. I hate all of that. You've um, heard of cat dog. This is bat dog. Yep. But, <laughs> uh, and, but in the middle of the stage is this giant, like, wrapped up piece of, uh, of taffy, right? And so she puts the thing up to it. She sees the, the glowing inside of it. And this is where I was like, oh, yeah, she is definitely 11. Because I don't know about you. But if I knew that that was a thing, I was like, I'm tearing this whole thing open so I can see what's mm-hmm. inside of it instead of just sticking my hand in and being like, I'm going to find it. Right. Um, but then she finds like a taffy version of the of the actresses who are still fighting her, uh, her for this pearl, uh, this pearl uh, ring in their hands. This was really the, uh, scary to me. This really? whole sequence. Yeah, they're coming out and they're like singing their shit. They're, they're like the... The younger taffy versions of of what they were in the show, and then with the bats, it was yeah. This this part was this this was like some nightmare fuel for me. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, and so they, uh, so yeah, they they she gets the bats on uh, the bat dogs on them. Uh, they break down. She grabs the pearl, and all of a sudden they all turn to like gray and. Uh, brittle stuff and then she goes up to Mr. B's office uh, or his apartment where she's like oh. she's confronted by a talking outfit which this this is actually the one that scared me the most because I was like I don't like the way this thing moves I don't like the fact mm. that this is a top hat just talking I don't like any of this uh, and then you come to find out that that's <clears> because <throat> all the mice have just taken over these clothes yeah uh, and uh, Mr. B no longer exists. It's just these these mice that we now know are dirty rats, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so making she, these she, clothes she, look like the Babadook fucking around. Yeah, it does look like it does look like yeah. Babadook. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah, she uh, she can't catch the mice. She thinks that uh, she's going to fail because mm-hmm. there's this uh, unspoken timer installed. Uh, in this, in the plot here, because there's the moon, right? But then this like eclipse starts to happen of this button, which I was like, that's a really smart way to show like things have to happen before this eclipse comes. But I was mm-hmm. like, there was no conversation about a time limit on her journey. Um, but that's fine. Uh, it 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 upped the stakes. But then she's like, I failed, and the cat's like, got him. Look, here's your mouse with your eyeball. Go mm-hmm. go turn him in. And what does he say? Keith David like a pimp. He's he's like I hate rats on a good day. Or what is what is? He says the same shit he says when he attacks that mouse. Yeah, yeah. he's like on a, on a good day I hate rats. You yeah. know, and I was like, yeah. damn. Okay, yeah. get it, cat. That was yeah. That was that was that was fucking cool. I like that. 
But this this next moment when she goes into the house and is like, I got the eyes, right? This is the moment. This is the part of the movie that I was like, they on some other shit. They on some other shit because she's like, oh, you still have to find your parents. And she notices that her parents are in these snow globes. Her mom collects these collections of snow globes. She's like, oh, my parents are in this the snow globe from the from the Detroit Zoo, I believe, and uh, and then so she's like, uh, she throws the cat <laughs> at, at other mother, <laughs> yeah. grabs the snow globe, puts it in her bag, and she's trying to make it for that little door. But well, that's mother, that's the thing about that is right before that the cat goes. You know, oh no, was it the it was the ghosts of the three kids in the uh the eyeballs, the items. They're like, you know, she's tricky. Even if you win, she's not going to let you leave. You have to right. you have to think smart, not just mm-hmm. win. And right. so she she says, My parents are behind that little door, basically the exit out of um other yeah, open the door for me. Yeah. So like the so she tricks um the other mother into opening it and like going like, see, they're not in there, you just lost. But yeah, she does know that they're in that snow globe. So at that point, <laughs> and I felt so bad about this. She takes the cat, chunks it right at the mom's head. The cat's going like ape shit on her face. Mm-hmm. And she grabs that snow globe and then just hauls ass right for that, uh, that tiny little door. And the cat tears the other, mo- other mother's uh, uh, button eyeballs out, which I was like, I didn't know that was a thing that could happen. <laughs> oh, and her reaction is great. She's like... Like they fall to the ground and she looks like she's blind and she is, but like she, her delivery of like, you, you did this to me. Like that was truly scary when she like loses her eyes. And I was like, y'all are in trouble. Like every one of you needs to run. And this is the coolest effect in the whole entire movie to me. The whole entire room turns into a giant spider web with the bottom of the room dropping out. Yeah, this is really cool. I was like, the hell, how did they do mm-hmm, this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so she's basically trying to climb the spider web, but like a real spider web, if you make too much motion, that alerts the spiders to where you are. And so she's climbing up, she's climbing up, and she gets into the door, and she can't close it all the way. The spirit of the three kids come and help her close it. Um, and the whole time, like, she's still banging on the door. She's like, hey, hey. Um, she's like, you know, I'm still here. Uh, don't leave me, don't leave me, don't leave me. And then Coraline gets back to the real world and you're like, okay, cool, she's safe. But then she still can't, like, uh, the snow globe broke. She can't find her parents. Uh, and uh, oh, what does she have to throw away? What does well, her parents pop up. Like, her parents, like, like the snow globe's broken. Uh, she's got the uh, the three things for the, the, the three uh, items of the kids. And the parents, like, show up and they're like, they're covered in snow, but they don't seem to realize it. They're like, oh, Coraline, good news. We sold our um, catalog. We're going out to celebrate <laughs> to tonight. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, the great question. I don't know if there's a massive, you know, is there a catalog convention where you go and you basically <laughs> like, you know. You your wares. <laughs> you're like, oh, I got catalogs for bikes. I got catalogs for gardens. What do you need? All what right. do you need? Um, so, but yeah, no, they completely like don't believe in her dismissive. And that's this part really got me when I saw it in the theater is she looks down at these items like, you know, like, kind of like, oh, they're free now. And they're like, hey, we're free. Thank you. But just FYI, this isn't She's over coming yet. for your ass. Mm-hmm. You still have yeah. the key. And as long as you have the key, you are a target for her. And so she's mm-hmm. like, OK, I've got to get rid of this key. And she at this point is like, I'm going to throw it down the well. Makes sense to me. And um, she starts going. But the other mother's little needle spider hand made it through the tunnel 
and is actually chasing her to Which, the well. Fuck mm-hmm. all that noise. I was like, like this a, is like a fucked up thing, you know what I mean, from Adam's family. Like, you Yeah. Know, yeah. Um, yeah, I was like, uh, when the kids were like, thanks, but your ass is still grass. I was like, mm-hmm, what? Mm-hmm. What, y'all can't do your ghosty thing and like help out? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Right. Um, but yeah, so she goes to take the key to the well, and that and that hand follows her. Which the 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 camera shot on this, with like from the hand's point of view, like rustling through the bushes and like running up on her and stuff like that. I was like, this is not okay. Um, and the and then the hand like goes to straight up like fuck her life up. <laughs> it's like grabbing her and choking her and stuff by dragging her by the key that's around her neck. And I was like, this is not okay. Uh, but then YB shows up on his bike with his with his fucking Sam Fisher welder helmet, uh, and he like beats the shit out of that hand. Um, then they wrap it up with the key, which I thought this was stupid. I'm gonna say this right now. I thought this was stupid. So he smashes the hand, which I do not believe is dead because it's mm-hmm. fucking witch magic, right? So they smash the hand. They wrap the key up with it in a uh, in like her. Uh, was like a sheet or something like that. Yeah, they did like a, like a little it. bindle type thing. They wrapped the key um, mm-hmm. around it to tie it shut. But yeah, no, terrible plan. Yeah. Yeah. They, then they take it by. Then they take a rock and they throw it down the well. And I was all like, mm-hmm. so you just left the key with the hand. I don't care if it's four hundred fifty, five hundred feet. That she literally crosses dimensions to snatch children. You don't yeah. think her ass is going to try to get out of that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. At least separate the two. You know what I mean? Like I mean, we got the like hand it. on the well, we got the key over. You know, horcruxes, y'all. Horcruxes. Yeah. We're yeah, that just, way for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> you broke the hand. You can't break the key. Like I don't know. Do 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 something. Do something. But yeah. Uh, but then like that's it. And her fam, her parents are like, you know what? We do like gardening. Thanks, Coraline. You get to see the grandmother who uh, who's the landlady, and you're like, oh yeah, her sister's free and Coraline's I'm, I'm gonna tell you all about it and then like everyone is all happy and smiley and then I'm still just like that hand is still gonna come fuck your ass <laughs> yeah uh, yeah everyone's kind of um everyone's kind you know like it's your it's your standard happy ending everyone's kind of you know come o- come over their you know preconceived conceptions of each other they're all kind of becoming a community here the grandmother who didn't want to interact with anyone is definitely there now one thing I don't know if you guys noticed in the other world um, when the dad takes Coraline up into the air. Now, because the house and the garden in both worlds are a complete mirror image of each other, except for the aesthetic of them. Everything's, you know, the, the look of them is different. But in the other world, when the, the dad takes her up in the air um, and looks down, the garden is laid out like Coraline's head, like her mm. face and her head and everything like that. Now, have you guys noticed at the end of this it's one? Spider Mama's. It's Spider Mama's face. Spider Mom's face, mm. yeah, yeah, which I was like, oh, that's fucking creepy. So yeah. maybe she really isn't gone. I'm trying to tell you yeah, she ain't gone. I'm trying yeah. to tell you. It was, it, <laughs> it, it reminded me of, y'all ever seen What Lies Beneath with uh, Harrison Ford? And uh, yes. that last no, shot is like, you see like her face in like the woods and snow or something. Oh man! Yeah, it's yeah. So um, I was like, "This ain't." I was like, "This ain't over." Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. stupid. You too yeah. happy right now? <laughs> yeah. Like you. First off, you mm-hmm. and YB had terrible. I understand you're eleven, mm-hmm. but girl, no. get your like get your shit together. Yeah. We're Take gonna the get key a, into town. Run it over. Yeah. We're gonna get a sequel, Coraliner. You know that's what it's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna if you be. don't stop that, I'm, <laughs> so, I'm so mad at you right Coraline. now. <laughs> 
Yeah. He's got it. He's got a welding mask. Yeah. Just melt that thing down. <laughs> true, 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 true. Yeah. Very true. Uh, but yeah, that's how the movie ends. And uh, I was. This is going to answer your question, Garrett, about what I thought. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got the hype, and I was blown the fuck away. I was, I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I get it. This is, this is probably the best stop animation movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's some, it's some next level stuff. Um, this, you know, because again, from someone who had, you know, seen like the Frankenweenie, the Nightmare Before Christmas, you know, the, the, the practical CG animated Corpse Bride, you know, like. The stuff we had seen um, Henry Selleck do in Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, all the underwater mm-hmm. stuff was him as well. Um, you know, like there was a bar that was set and it just kept getting better and better. And this right here, like it knocked my socks off. I went and saw this movie three times in the theater. The first time I went and saw it in 3D. Now, this is back when 3D first started and mm-hmm. the 3D glasses you wore dimmed all the colors so bad. It muddied everything up that like I was so pissed off that when I saw it, um, I had to go back and see it without 3D because mm-hmm. imagine this movie with muddy colors. Oh, mm. yeah, that would suck. Can't do it. It was, yeah, it was trash. And I was like, oh, this, and it, that's not the movie's fault. That's just 3D at the time's fault. And it's mm-hmm. come so far from then. But uh, when I went and saw it in 2D at that point, I was like, this is, this is the new standard. And I don't know if we're ever able to top this. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, Leica Studios has has met this and topped it, you know, with multiple, like box trolls, you know, Kubo, all that stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's, it really is like when you look at, if you think about every little piece of it had to be made, it's, it's just astounding. Yeah. I still haven't seen Kubo. I've heard that's really great. Um, It's a bit long. It's really good, but it's, um, it's a bit long, but it's very much a, a samurai, uh, you know, old samurai, you know, Japanese type, you know, film. So um, it's got that pacing, but mm-hmm. that one is, that one will give you the feels. That one will definitely mm-hmm. hit you in some spots. You're like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I hear about it. This yeah, one. I, I, go sorry, ahead. What, no, you go ahead. You do it. <laughs> <laughs> this one, I, uh, you know, this probably straddles that line of like, yes, this is, this is a good like family. You know what I mean? Like, horror movie because i mean this is this is like as as far as i see it like this movie is fucking terrifying you know what i mean like in in an acceptable you know what i mean like like family sort of way like you know the the other mother who i was looking up after uh it's actually like the 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 beldam or beldam however you pronounce it like that's the character's actual name um and there's like terrifying like cosplay and like artwork and all this kind of stuff, like this movie gave us, or I guess the the you know Neil Gaiman book, the property, or whatever, gave us like another like stellar like horror character, you know, like a horror monster. But it straddles that line between like, yes, this is a good family movie, but also like, this is just at what point do we do we look at these types of movies and say like, okay, this isn't just for kids, you know what I mean, like. What makes this, what classifies this as a kid or family movie? Is it because of the rating? Is it because of the animation? You know, um, it's definitely bringing some some adult themes to the table. Uh, and, and I can and definitely has, answer that. Yeah. I can definitely answer that for you. That is, <clears throat> unfortunately, a American concept of anything animated is for kids. 
end of story. Yeah. It's the reason yeah. anime gets a bad rap. It's a reason, you know, like any kind of, you know, if you look at Pixar, I mean, you, you see articles like over the last like five years of like, oh my God, Pixar movies aren't just for kids. And it's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> like from day one, we've known this, you know, yeah, Toy Story and Bugs Life, you know, definitely were aimed mm. towards kids. And these movies are very accessible and intended for kids, but they just make a good movie and then just use animation, you know, and then, mm-hmm. you know, throw some kids stuff in it. But, um, right. like, uh, they, I, I've, I don't remember where I read it, but like, they're like, we take scripts that are solid movies and then we think about making them accessible via animation and this, that, and the other. But, mm-hmm. oh man, I've had so many conversations with people. I mean, you look at the, the Academy Awards and all sorts of places, you know, there's movies that deserve to be in best like script and best picture that are animated and they'll just never be considered for that because it's cartoons and cartoons are for kids. And that's just always how it's going to be. I mean, well, I don't want to say that. Hopefully it won't be like that. And we've seen a lot of progress, but for a long time, that is just the way it's been. I mean, you don't see this, you know, in Japan or in, um, in Europe as much, you know, there's, there's animated films are like, Oh, this is just a a standard AAA blockbuster. This Mm -hmm. is just, they just chose to animate it instead of, you know, doing it in live action. Yeah, the last time that I remember uh, an animated film being up for Best Picture was Up. Was that Best Picture? Was that an, uh, nominated? Was that up for like yeah. Best Picture, Best Picture, or Best Animated? I believe picture? so because uh, I remember that uh, that year that Up was in the Academy Awards. They had the League of Extraordinary Dancers do a performance to all the music from the Best Picture nominees. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Because mm-hmm. I remember um, being like, that's cool. Are they ever going to do that again? Of course not. Because it was too cool. <laughs> um, well, that's, that's a big step in the right direction. Because again, for I mean, the longest sure. time, you know, like there was anything was dismissed as if it's animation, it's for kids. And, um, right. you know, it's, we've seen that change quite a bit. But even then, there's still that, that stigma. I mean, I can't mm-hmm. tell you how many times I've been on first dates and it's all like, oh, you know, like I draw. And they're like, what do you draw? And I show my artwork. And it's like, oh, it's, it's cartoons. And it's like, well, no, it's just, you know, it's like an animated style and it's right, like, it's cartoons right. and it's like, that's for kids. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. So, we'll this will be our you. first and last you. date. Yeah. yeah. I'm ready to put a ring on it. Let's <laughs> <Right>. go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, I will say for parents out there, um, there is really no reason why this should not be something that you watch over the Halloween season. Um, I think it, um, and, and beyond, but I'm talking about like four, like, like, you know, family horror movies. This definitely fits that bill. Um, you know, when you talk about the fable of the movie and I guess like the moral, you know what I mean? I I think it does a good job of like, like we were talking about earlier in the episode, like the sort of like familial, you know, aspect. It's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Her parents had rules and they were sticklers and stuff, but they weren't trying to fucking kill her. You know what I mean? So like, it'd be good. It's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like we got rules in this house, but like, you know, they're there for a reason and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the right amount of scary. There were moments in here where I was like, Oh man, this is, you know, they, they're not trying to be comical with this. Like the bedlam or the other mother character is genuinely frightening, but I think downplayed just enough where it's like, it's still accessible for younger audiences. So, um, I highly recommend it for, for family Halloween horror movie viewing. Oh, 100%. Uh, and you got to give him credit for you got to give him credit for doing the, the the mild changes that even made that more acceptable cuz the uh, the character of YB was not in the book. Oh, they really? um, mm. they chose to write that in to basically have Coraline have someone that she could interact with her same age so she wasn't just talking to herself or 
not saying anything at all. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they even made a few changes to kind of make it even a little more accessible, you know, for the, the, the kid aspect of it. And I think sure. that all those choices were done very respectably for not only the script, but also like not pandering to kids. Cause we see that so often. I see some of these DreamWorks movies and I'm just like, dude, yeah. come on. Like yeah. we all love a good fart joke, but you know, you guys have taken it to this mm-hmm. degree where you're, you're trying to check every box and it's, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I really appreciate about that, about certain, you know, kids movies that just say, here's your story. We're not here to, to give you a kid's story. We're just giving you a story that you can, you can access even as a kid. Right. Absolutely. You know, I, I think it's really great that you that you touched on the fact because as we were watching um, uh, the first yet Everest, right? Uh, we had talked. Jordan and I talked very much about how th- that movie felt so so dumbed down at times to the kids' level, right? Mm-hmm. That it stopped being a good movie. It started just being like a technical display. And I feel like this movie is the mix of really strong storytelling that is enhanced by really intricate and well thought out uh, production value, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think that with, with uh, especially with computer animated stuff, I think that this is why stop motion continues to, to excel in like this, this like family film genre because with computer animation, you can get so caught up in just how beautiful everything is that they think that it's it's a pass, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, because you know, companies will be like, "Look how many particles we can have on screen at any one time." And it, yeah, it took us a year and a half to make the movie, but you know, everything can move and it's great. But with this, there, especially as you get older, there is that reminder of, oh, all of this was made by hand, which makes you just appreciate it that much more. I, that that the aesthetic never allows you to forget that, that, uh, that it happens that way. And no. special shout out to Leica for acknowledging exactly what you just said, TJ, mm-hmm. because in the, I think it was after Coraline when they did this little snippet of the, uh, the ghost mice and showing how they did it. Every one of their films, Kubo, um, box trolls during the credit or like at the end of the credits, they actually have like, um, scenes that are animated and they have the, uh, the people who the animators ghosted onto the, so you see every single step of a scene. So you see the animators animating the scene as it's playing out and the characters are talking. So you get this, like, um, every time I see one of these films, I see the parents like leave and they're like, Oh, that was really interesting. I didn't know they did that. I didn't know they did this. And, you know, um, shout out to them for like, you know, saying like, Hey, look, you know, this is a peek behind the curtain because that really does appeal to you know, maybe not the adult who enjoyed the the kid movie, but the the adult who can appreciate uh, craftsmanship or something. Yeah. yeah, and I have a friend who who now works in stop motion because of movies like uh, uh, because of of uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. That's right? that's so rad, dude. Mm-hmm. Cool. I, I don't remember where she works, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, know, I know that she works uh, in stop motion. Yeah. Uh, I have another friend who worked on the um, the last How to Train Your Dragon movie too. Those are good movies, also. Um, yeah. I was really surprised by those. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, those really, movies made me cry more than really a solid trilogy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and if you guys haven't seen yeah. Scoob, you should definitely use Scoob at oh, some we, point. We did that a Scoob one, episode. Okay, yeah, okay, did. I need to go we check did. that out then because yeah, yeah, that one yeah. I really enjoyed Scoob. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's it, it, we find it really refreshing when these movies are made and they respect their, uh, their target audience. You know what I mean? There are so many of these, these, these movies that it's like, Oh, we don't give it, you know, kids don't give a shit. They're just all they care of, you know, about bright colors and 
like you're talking about fart jokes and, you know, sort of like low hanging fruit and stuff. But like whenever these movies are able to, you know, cause we look back at like the movies we grew up with and it's like, man, there were some solid messages some solid themes in that. And it's like, there's no reason why, like the movies that I, I want the movies that my kids grow up with to be better than the ones I had, you know, like, I don't, I don't want to have to resort to the movies that like I grew up with to show them, you know, so, so they can have, have an example of you know, what it's like when these movies actually respect them and respect their, you know, intelligence and stuff like that. And Coraline yeah, tales, tales that like, you know, evolve with them tales and stories yeah. that, that help, you know, help them understand the world and the, the bigger concepts around them, as opposed to a formula that's just designed to make money. And, right. you know, don't get me wrong. I, I, I love a good, you know, by the books, you know, comedy or, you know, action. I mean, I love the bad boy series. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm guilty of like, <laughs> like, in, you know, you know, Hollywood schlock, but you know, except bad boys, one of the best, but right. um, you know, like, but yeah, no, there, there is something you, you know, that we, we lost for a while with, um, you know, not completely, but for the most part, we lost for a while of these animated movies being these stories that stuck with us and really kind of like, you know, told these tales and shaped these like, you know, narratives as opposed to just being like, here's something to entertain your kid for two hours and shut them up. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Real quick, before we give our rating on the movie, I want to let you know, uh, Garrett, you'll be happy to know that my friend, I just looked up her, her LinkedIn page. She just finished in March. She just finished working on Wendell in the Wild. Oh, cool. I want to talk like, to this person. I want to like, <laughs> I want to basically was like, hey, I'm not crazy, but I will literally buy you food for like four hours just so you can talk to me about this. <laughs> yeah, she she was a, she was a model maker for it. Oh, so. that's so amazing. You know, shout out to her. I mean, whoever wherever you are, thank you for doing the thing that you know I've always dreamed of doing, and just you know, just keeping that alive in my life so man shout out to your friend yep. yeah i love her i love her to mm-hmm. death uh so yeah great so just so you know get we give arbitrary ratings here on this show uh jordan will give an example so you're gonna have to think of a rating uh you mm-hmm. create your own rating system on the fly and you just tell us what it is so jordan what is your rating for yeah. this movie? uh i give Coraline uh 15 and a half Keith David cats out of out of sixteen. Nice, uh, almost almost perfect. There 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 is some stuff in there. I felt like the part with the hand, as cool as it was at the end, I felt like it was a little a little tacked on. You know, like I was like, oh, you know what I mean? I don't really, I don't really I need this. Um, but yeah, all in all, really really solid movie. Um, great. Uh, I'm going to give it 17 out of 18.25 button eyes. Uh, mm. I, there were a couple of things that I was like, what I couldn't get over what the fuck a garden catalog was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then like the, the nor, you, nor should you, nor should yeah. you. Yeah. And the, and the addition of the ticking time clock of the moon eclipse, why I thought that was really cool. I was like, I just needed like a line to set that up for me. And so, there were a couple of things I was like, how does, how does she know that this is the way that this world is going to work? And this, 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 just a couple things like that for me. Right. But other than that, like, uh, am I going to watch this again? Hex, yes, I'm going to watch this again. Okay, Garrett, what's your rating? I'm going to give this 7,999 hours of painting popcorn 
to put on trees <laughs> out of 8,000. Um, or I, I thought about also doing uh, nine out of 10 cut They Might Be Giant songs. But um, oh, <laughs> and they, they've said they want to release those in some form of capacity later on. So hopefully we'll get those at some point. But um, yeah, no, it's, they're, I, I always have a hard time giving a movie a perfect score because there's always going to be something about it that you can find to to kind of question or critique. Um, but this definitely is one of, out of, out of like a lot of their stop motion, this is definitely one of the ones I can, I can rewatch and not really have any problems with. Yes. Yes. Yep. Cool. Well, great. This, this was Coraline. Garrett, I just want you to know something uh, from the bottom of my heart. You're a gem. You're a treasure. You, you are a, a national uh, figurehead in my eyes. And if and if anyone else disagrees, I'm going to pluck their eyes out and show buttons on them. Uh, I because appreciate they should that. see they should see your worth. Adonis, <laughs> God among men. I mean, I'll take it all. I mean, I'm not going to turn down a compliment. <laughs> but no, uh, thank you guys so much. Um, this has been a blast. I mean, you know, I love talking about the uh, the horror stuff on the GraveTalk.com or the GraveTalk podcast, which you can find at the GraveTalk.com. Um, always have fun talking about those movies, um, but there. You know, kids' movies and animation just is like that. Always just gives me that. Like, I just get so excited to talk about. It. So, thanks for giving me the opportunity to kind of like talk about one of my favorite films. Of course, man. No, it was, it was, it was a joy having you. And man, we we'd love to have you back on for future episodes. If we ever do, if if we ever, you know what I mean? I'm, not <laughs> if we ever. I say that like it'll never happen. <laughs> Whenever we do a stop motion animation movie, we'll definitely, you know ring you up man because uh yeah it's uh it was it was a blast talking about this with you man and learn about all the, the the tidbits and the facts and stuff like that that uh you know making gloves and things like that that we didn't really know about so thank you so much man for being here yeah yeah absolutely. thank you guys and uh everyone as you know you can hit us up on our social media we're on the facebook twitter and instagram you can email us at grownmenwks at gmail.com you can leave us a voicemail by clicking the button below in the show notes just click the button it's going to take you to our website on anchor.fm it's going to say leave a message you click it you record it boom bing bada bang uh and then uh as always wherever you're listening please rate us five stars excellent four stars we'll take it Three stars or below, we're going to take you to other mother, and we're going to let her do whatever she wants to do to you. That's all there is to it. We don't need that negativity. We will leave you in the other world, and we're fine with it. Uh, <laughs> you can sell those three, but those three stars on your eyes and get the fuck out. Right? Exactly. Uh, but you know, as always, we want everyone to take care of themselves. Stay crispy. Stay crispy. Gary, can you say "stay crispy" for us, people? Stay crispy. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know, the only guest who refuses to say it is actually married to Jordan. I just want to he point said that it, out. He said it. He said it. He said it like like a like a like a truck commercial. You know what I mean? Like that was People, that was sex. Stay crispy. Stay crispy. Yeah, I'm gonna was, I'm gonna give you six like of them. You can be like stay crispy, like my that. friends. Yeah. Stay crispy. Yo, stay crispy out there. You can edit any one of those you want in there. <laughs> Uh, and yeah and uh, thank you guys very much we'll see you guys here next week see y'all hey 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 hey, Garrett quick question we're we're having a a little debate here what would you rather have in your Halloween bag Skittles Kit Kat or Twix Skittles Reese's or Twix uh, Reese's are right out. I don't Absolutely. like peanut butter candies, so I'm going with. Uh, I'm a Skittles guy. Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
yes. Uh, Jordan, suck it. Suck but it, to be it. fair, out of candy bars, Twix are my favorite. So it's a it's a runner yeah. up. It depends on Twix, if you want hard candy yeah. or chocolate. No, I told him, I was like, I don't want to be walking around outside and it be all sweaty and stuff like that. And then like me not be able to open my Twix because it got to be cold again to, for the for the chocolate to re right? You're a refrigerator guy, right? You put them in the fridge for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It's but I'm talking about it's Halloween easy. night, though. Halloween night, though. Give me them Skittles. No, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Chocolate. You can pop, pop a couple of Grown Men Watch Kid Shit is a Moon Street Media podcast. Intro and outro music was created by MPC. We are proud members of the Outlet Productions Podcast Network. Want to find us online? Check out our social media links in the show notes. <laughs>